Hey, I'm Michael. And I'm Madison. And this is the Family Size Podcast. What? <laughs> you made farting noises, I can't. You did that. Yeah. Like a duck. I did the tooth squeeze. Trap air between your teeth and your top lip and it makes a fart noise for some reason. Yeah. Alright, you ready to get into it? Super ready. Let's do it. Two siblings that like to make each other laugh. Cracking fart jokes and reminiscing on the past. I'm Michael and she's Madison. Hi. We're not family friendly, but we're family size. I think I fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so before we get into the theme of today's episode, I um, feel like we've had some things happen over the last week and go ahead and give a weekly update. Alright, who's going first? I, I was just going to say I had my first gig back with Page to Pretend. Oh, shout out Page to Pretend. Last go Saturday. follow them on Instagram. Get some sneak peeks at any yeah. new tunes that they might be developing. We just got a TikTok and um, I don't know what all's on there. One of the guitar players runs that. And um, they play on ninety two zoo sometimes too. Yep, and then we have we have songs out on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music. Um, Is Come and Go on any streaming platforms? Yeah, all of them. That's one of my favorites. Go listen to Come and Go by Pay to Pretend. That's right. And everything else by Pay to Pretend. Right. Most other things. Literally like, all things yeah. that say that name. Yeah, that's us. Yep. Um, and we played a gig out in uh, Pensacola mm. called Hollow World Fest. And it was actually so awesome. The person that put it on did a fantastic professional job of it all. And happens to be, I think, your age. Mm. Um, and he actually was one, he was the first, one of a couple of the first bands that we played with in Pensacola like at the first gig we played at Pensacola in Pensacola at a place called Night Moves um and that was like our introduction to Pensacola playing shout out Bob Seger <laughs> yeah and uh i mean we figured out really quick over there that that's kind of where our tribe is if i had any no other way to say it like the camaraderie as far as the style of music mm-hmm. and the type of people over there and the way um the way that they kind of elevate each other mm-hmm. um and they're all kind of interconnected like everybody knows everybody and it's like this big up and up in Pensacola where here in Mobile it's kind of like on the down like not even on the down it's in the fucking canyon like it's not doing very well original music wise yeah most people like that start out especially from my experience just like my limited experience in the rap scene mobile it's like it's almost like a trap because there's that initial thought of like man i want to be the one to actually stay here and not run off somewhere else i want to like put my mobile on the map and like this is a lot of people have that idea and then within like a year you realize it's just not gonna fucking happen and you've got to go somewhere else to make it well we i think you never know. There's like that that big fucking brick wall that was the pandemic mm-hmm. that just kind of 
you know, shooed all musicians to the side because we couldn't play. Yeah. We couldn't do anything other than, you know, live stream or things like that because nothing was open or, you know, we're too close in proximity to one another type of things. And it was illegal to do so and all these things. So, um, it was... And then, of course, mask laws. You couldn't really be a singer and have a mask on the whole time type of thing. and Or a, or a horn player or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had this great crowd in Mobile from, you know, a bunch of us bands started in like 2000, around the 2017 era, circa 2017. Yeah. And just coincidentally, because we didn't know each other. And if we did, it was like here, you know. You kind of heard of this person, or Their name might be we on the went same to poster. school together, or mm-hmm. something like that, and we had a couple of years of, you know, playing with one another, mm-hmm. and playing at these same spots: Mary Widow, uh, the Attic at Blind Mule, um, Alchemy Tavern, Music Box, Soul Kitchen, and. And we were really connected, all of us, with 92 Zoo. And we were all always being talked about. And we were in the newspaper. And everything was on the up and up. And we were all original bands. It was great. Mm-hmm. And then 2019 slowed down a little bit. And I think we also had decided to take a break. Because we were playing a lot at Blind Mule. And at Mary Widow a little bit, but mostly Blind Mule. Like three or four times a month we were playing Blind Mule. And we were tired of that. Yeah. We wanted to do other things. Um, and we also needed to take a break so that we could write and just have a minute. Because we had been doing it for a couple years. Just going, going, going. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And that really fucking sucked. That really sucked. And so you don't know if things would have continued upward or if it would have happened anyway. From what I hear, it's something that happens in Mobile. It's up, 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 crash, up, 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 crash. And Mm -hmm. you have a couple stragglers that come at the end of the big point that continue on their way because they still got some steam in them and the the other people either become cover bands or or they kind of just fizzle out because this isn't their scene or nobody gives a shit anymore nobody comes nobody comes out to live uh original music gigs there i haven't seen a you know three to five band list for one night you know one night these five, three to five original bands playing at this place from this time to this time come out and see them, and it's just a fat-ass crowd. Yeah. I haven't even seen that kind of gig pop up in six to eight months. Not even just for us, but I haven't seen it scrolling through my Facebook or anything. Yeah, It's like these bands that used to do that are now cover bands or nothing, right? So... It really, it really kind of sucks right now in Mobile, but, but in Pensacola, they're on an up and up. And we, we realized the first time we played over there that we sounded so much more like those people. And not just that we blend in, but that those people actually, you know, really dig our sound mm-hmm. and enjoy my voice a lot. So anyway, what I was getting at is this guy that we played with for the first time in Pensacola 
he put on this really cool, tiny, like, call it tiny woodstock. Yeah. And it's just this grass hill and this big, fat stage, the biggest stage we've ever played on. Yeah. And surrounded with food trucks, like just a wall of of food trucks all the way around and a bar truck and things like that bathrooms we had a the bands had like a back room behind the stage Mm -hmm. um with bathrooms and all like all the liquids you could ever need as far as water (laughs) green tea uh gatorades ipas like we had everything in there and you know, it was just, it was a load of fun. It was a lot of fun. So, pictures are coming now. I took my shoes off on stage. People you got took, the grippers out? Yeah. Oh, people, shit. people told me uh, that I really had a, quote-unquote, groovy stage presence. I really, I was, I was afraid of that because it was such a big stage. Mm-hmm. I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to take it over. Yeah. And they said, no, I that that I looked like a natural up there and the sound people best sound people we've ever had best sound we've ever had that's good and the only time I've ever said can I get more guitar in my fucking monitor yeah cause you usually overpower I hear I heard only me nice really big to the point where it got a little bit I got a little bit self conscious and it was fucking me up yeah so I said can I get more guitar cause I could hear them on the stage itself but not through my own monitor so and that you know Outside kind of eats noise. Um, and we have very small, like the places that are like for bands and people to, to play, the little bars and stuff, they're so like small that shit immediately goes and hits the back wall and echoes back. Right. And Madison, you know, the drummer behind her, you know, like it's so loud. Yeah. Like he's a, he's a drummer. Like what, what, but, what the fuck can but he do? But from where yeah. my mic is to where Trey is, my drummer, yeah. we've got like at least 20 feet, like. 15 to 20 feet away from each other, I would say. And then this and he's song. up on a lift. Nice. Behind everything... That must have made it so much easier. ...is the ocean. Yeah. Like... There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty... It was pretty fucking awesome. And the guys... The sound guys were excited. And, like... It was like they love their job. And they love music. And they, they do music themselves. And they were excited for us. And they were, you know, telling us... It was a bunch of, like, older guys. And they were... Uh, they told us after we got off, it's like, it doesn't, that didn't seem like you'd never been on a stage this big before. <laughs> so that was really cool. And cool. people said that they really loved my voice. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got a sunburn, like a son of a bitch. Sounds like it's easier to find a good promoter in Pensacola than. Oh, yeah. No, they have an entire fucking, they have a, we're about to try to get on it. They have a website yeah. that has a, um, like a, a, what do you, a table of contents for bands. Wow. So it's like, A, here you go. Uh-huh. B, here you go. Here they all are. And here's their links C, and everything. Yeah. That's really cool. That's, I mean, they are really trying to do it up over there. And I even told Dad, I was like, because you go to Pensacola and you play, uh-huh. you're, you're not, there's not this, in Mobile, there are some talented folks. Yeah. But there's always the idea that perhaps you're going to be maybe a little more um, musically inclined than 
someone else that gets on the stage. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it. And in Pensacola, the idea is everybody here I know is going to be good as shit. Yeah. I've just got to try to show what I got and hope that we're good enough to get some eyes on us. Have you ever played in like Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, anywhere like that? We actually haven't. It might be similar there. It might just be like that beach sort of Gulf Coast vibe, you know? Yeah, it's 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 cra- But the it, you might be right about that. I really dig Pensacola. Uh-huh. I think Pensacola has more of a um, distinguished, already distinguished group of people. Yeah. Where Gulf Shores. Um, Dolphin Island, Orange Beach. I think the people that mainly play out there are older. Yeah, and mostly like cover bands playing at like uh, Tacky Jacks and shit. Yeah, stuff like that. There's not a lot of like venues. You might get like, oh, I got to play at fucking Florabama or some shit like right, that. Right, exactly. I mean, and like, we don't have Bayfest anymore, so no one... Like, and yeah, that lot, was like a place for discoverability right. for your local band. Was, That's a big thing. Yeah, they got that little stage at Bayfest, and next thing you know, they're selling CDs, but we that, got rid of that. That big, the big, there's a big thing with uh, what you just said, which is, I think Gulf Shores and Orange Beach kind of play more towards cover band gigs, mm-hmm. where for whatever reason, Pensacola is just, just alternative enough, and they're like... You go to Pensacola, you think of Florida, you think of, like, crazy men and alligators. Like... A lot of people don't consider Florida the South because so many of the people that live there aren't from the South. Right. And because, like, culturally, they're, like, it's actually a lot different than most South. Like, most, like, what you would consider the South or the Southeast. It's very different than Alabama, Mississippi, At least parts of it. And then there are parts of it that are very much... Yeah, obviously, like, the Panhandle... Like, we were just talking Gulf Shores and stuff like that. That's very similar, you know. That's why Floribama is a thing. Pensacola has a really cool vibe. Mm -hmm. Almost like, if you've ever watched The Office, the lead-in where it shows, like, the um, tops of the buildings and stuff. Yeah. It kind of has that, like, brown and beige in old buildings, like, right near the beach, which is really cool. Like, tall steeples and shit like that. Just really cool shit. And then there's this beach, but then there's also these really cool bridges and uh-huh. and neat, like, hole-in-the-wall pizza joints called the Ozone and shit like that where... And everybody, you know, everybody you walk past or half the people you walk past, they got cool tattoos and piercings and hair. Their hair's blue and they're, you know, whatever. It's more and of a melting pot. It's very there. much a melting pot and much more... I would like to say the people that are around our age, uh-huh. there is more. There is still a lot here, yeah. but I think there's more diversity and more acceptance and inclusion over there. I think they have they they probably they probably have more city over there, don't they? It feels like they've got got that, yeah. Like this, yeah, like only like city type shit is literally just our downtown. Yeah, it seems like a district. lot of their area is city. And our and our city doesn't even really even like start until like four blocks before the fucking water, basically. Right. You know, like that's when the buildings get tall. That's when you have law offices and hotels and bars and shit. Until then, it's just like right. well, and they the, also these trees are really cool because of where they are <laughs> in Florida. Even the suburban, sub, suburban, 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 yeah, suburban areas are only a few miles from the beach. Nice. So even though you're in a neighborhood that looks very much like 
Aiden Hills, Suzanne Way. Yeah, yeah. You're literally maybe ten miles from a beach. Cool. Right. It is pretty cool. It's a cool concept. Anyway, that's my story for for you for the weekly update. Well, I'm happy for you. I've 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 never met a good promoter in Mobile, so I'm happy that you went and found one because like. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. They're happy to capitalize off the vacuum that is Mobile Music. Like I've never gotten paid for performing. If somebody has the, if somebody has the will to be a good promoter, mm-hmm. Mobile will eventually wear them down. Yeah. Um, but it's like this. We used to have this thing called Elements, right? Uh huh. And I th- I did it twice, and they make you. Go around selling your own tickets to your coworkers and your friends, right? Like a fucking kid yeah, selling chocolates to, to go on a fucking field trip. Yep. And then, if and only if you sell every ticket, I think you would get a bonus or you would get like a piece of the fucking door fee or some shit like that, right? Because they're like charging a fucking a door fee, and we're not seeing any of it unless we sell all. 20 tickets or whatever we gave them. There's always some they sort of us. scammy type of thing with that as well, where, um, you know, somebody's always trying to get one over. Like, mm-hmm. nowadays, or like right after the pandemic, rules change to where the first person's, the first people to get the door fee are the door guy and the sound guy. Mm-hmm. And then all of the bands that played, because we don't even do that anymore, like I just said. Yeah. But the three to five bands that played had to split whatever was left. Damn. And it was like, why did the door guy and the sound guy get fucking the first cut of this when they wouldn't have had to even fucking be here? They wouldn't be here. They wouldn't have gotten paid at all had we not been here. Yeah. Like, I want them to be paid. For sure. But you're a venue that needs music, that wants music so that people come in and drink your alcohol and pay your pay your bartenders and it's because they get to make the rules and the door guy and the sound guy are their friends that's what it is and after the pandemic there wasn't enough money this made more sense but there wasn't enough money for drink tickets yeah and that's like a basic thing that usually gets handed out i'm not a big drinker when it comes to gigging yeah no but uh you get like two tickets that you can bring up to the bar you can bring wherever we even got them at the festival, um, and you can go get two free drinks. Yeah. Usually, they'll tell you it's like well liquor, which means usually whatever their cheapest liquor is that's in the well, instead of uh, like if you go up there and you're like, can I get a Jack and Coke? They're not going to take your ticket, but they'll yeah. probably give you Jameson or whatever's in the well at the time, um, the cheapest shit. And... Uh, once the pandemic came through, and then we started being able to play a little bit more, uh, they didn't do drink tickets anymore for a little while. And a couple of the places that we were used to playing all the time just never opened back up as far as their spots. Yeah. Like attic, the attic of the Blind Mule never opened back up. And Satori's took forever to come back around, but they're now doing stuff again. They're not even downtown. They're, I would call them like Mobile to Midtown-ish, you know. It's just, just like the university, university area. area yeah. Where the college is. So it's a college coffee shop. and Yeah. Um, 
They have like an open mic night every now and then. Yeah, they sell like like, like spoken word. Yeah. Jam poetry while you play chess in the right. background. And there also used to be a lot more comedy shows. Yeah. And like music would come after comedy and it I would I was so astonished that there was all this going on around me that I didn't know was going on when we first started. Yeah. And I hindsight, I think it was all going on together at the same time. Yeah. And we were kind of making that happen and creating this peak that we didn't know was a peak. We just thought we were going to keep on going. And not just us. I'm talking about every band. And there's still one band that is doing phenomenal uh, called the Red Clay Strays, if y'all haven't heard them. Um, they're, they're still doing good. They're like a rockabilly type band. And um, I went to school with the drummer... Michael went to school with one of the guitar players, um, but not riding on their coattails, just giving you some details. They're like rockabilly. All the all the musicians individually are fantastic. The lead singer has like this deep country gospel type voice, can play the shit out of a Does piano. Does Zach still play for mm-hmm, That's what I was talking about. Okay. Um, uh can play the shit out of a piano, organ, can play a guitar. He he gives you a lot of like a like a Elvis-ish type of presence on a stage, like old school Elvis where Elvis where he like moves his knees and he, you know, that kind of thing oh. where he kind of puts his head to the side and I mean that's his thing. And I, he has a fantastic stage presence and always has. And you know, he dresses well, he dresses old school. If Taylor Hicks could sing well, basically. I don't know how to describe him really. He's <laughs> he is very talented though. He's very quiet. Uh-huh. Where the rest of them are pretty besides Zach, who I haven't really gotten to know. Um the rest of them are pretty like hey and you know the the I think he's a guitar player. He might be the bass. No, no, he's a guitar player. I'm stupid. Um and the drummer like if I were to see them down the street they would be happy to see me. The drummer's always so... The drummer being one of, probably, from one of the most, like, a pretty talented family. You're talking about John Hall. Yeah, John right? Hall. But also, one of the most bombastic, most talented drummers I've ever seen. That fucking family is just... Ridiculous. So great at music, man. So good. And, so good. and uh, John Hall is just, like, the... The drumming monster from what Sesame Street or whatever it was yeah, from yeah, yeah. the Muppets, um, just loves drumming, and you can see it. He's not just drumming, and every now and then he does something cool. He is always just excited and in it, and loves the song, and is smiling and twisting it. He's great. Like if you ever get a chance to see Red Clay Strays, go watch them. If you've ever met someone that loves drumming, like. When you really listen to them, you really, that, like, it's an epiphany almost. You can tell. Sometimes, like, people don't know how important drumming is no. or how special it can be. They just think, oh, they're keeping the beat I don't making think noise. I realized, I think we had a little bit more of a perspective because Dad was a drummer. Uh-huh. But we were used to hearing Dad, and have always been used to hearing Dad play cover songs. Where There's a lot of hi-hat and snare and right. bass drum. Once I got in a band uh-huh. and had Trey... When we would get recordings back, and when we would start putting a song together in the garage, mm-hmm. and I would sit there and listen to what I could listen to of everybody's parts, because I finally had a moment 
to do that, and it was all sitting there in front of me, and it wasn't a shitty phone recording. Yeah. I was able to, like, just listen to what Trey was putting into a song. Mm-hmm. When, when a motherfucker knows how to play a set of drums, so much so that they almost treat it... I, I don't really know how... It's like, like a science, but they're... It's you can not tell just having, the backbone. Yeah. It's, it, it puts it's off the branches. Yeah. And it, you know, it roots itself in different little bits. And, and sometimes I would sing a melody. I, I could sing a melody in Trey because he's a singer and a songwriter and all these things. He'll come, he'll come back with something that just complements a melody that I sang. Yeah. But I can also do vice versa with him. When he plays something, I can go... I want to do this on top of that, or I want to do this just before, anticipate it, whatever. There were a lot of good guitar players like that back in the 70s and 80s where it was like the guitar solo almost, it had the same energy as like a singing solo. Like the guitar was its own voice. And you're like, is that even a... Or you listen to Led Zeppelin and you hear like Robert Plant, like towards the end of a song, especially if it was like live, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page trading back melodies. You know, Robert Plant, ah! And then he... And they're just riffing. Yeah. Robert Plant would do that, and Jimmy would be like, "Oh, I know what that note is." Like, it's really so insane. Yeah, it's really so insane. It's to so know cool to that, have that with a drummer. Yeah. And and to have like young, it's a lot like especially with like Led Zeppelin and and people back then. It's like a mm-hmm. lot of actually we think we look back and we think, well, they're not you know they're seasoned musicians. They weren't. They were like twenty three years old. They were young men. They yeah. were very young men, just yeah. like the guys in my band. Mm-hmm that were on these big stages and had just fallen in love so much with what they were doing on on a guitar on a set of drums that they honed this personality and this skill in that. I think dad was the same way. Mm-hmm. Um we just didn't get to to see that because it all the all of that had kind of had come to a stop before we were alive, but bittersweet even, for him because hey, we got we got to exist due to the fact right. that his music career didn't go that far. <laughs> but you know, he's still great shit. Like yeah, he's can, still fantastic. If we could mass produce that music, we would. We just have like well, he's going he's going somewhere. He gave us. Not too long from now, or he just went somewhere, and to record the last parts of. Uh, drums for them to do a re the re-recording their old that's yeah. awesome yeah the old original stuff from they MPG. can all still play yeah so yeah anyway i got off on a tangent about music but hope you guys got that little history <laughs> lesson and enjoyed that so um what do you have to tell us today michael i have something to tell everyone that's listening right now don't keep taking gigs that say they're gonna pay you in fucking exposure oh yeah Stop. i think everybody knows that now i think I think TikTok has kind of put a bit of self-confidence into artists that we didn't have before. And with art itself, because I do also do art. I do all the art for our podcast and I do other art. I have a hard time charging what it probably is worth to the buyer. Mm -hmm. Because the buyer obviously can't do art or they would have done it themselves. So the value of it goes up to them because, okay, this is an artist that does art and has an eye and made me this piece of art that is going to help me out, whether in marketing 
or home decor or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And I only see, especially with digital art, where I here's where I fucked up and I got to just press a back arrow instead of having to erase or get a new piece of paper. Yeah. And this is $20 a year for me to have this app to be able to do this digital art. And so, yeah, I, I'm pretty uh, frugal. Maybe not frugal is not the word, but I'm I'm pretty cheap when I'm affordable when it comes to art because a lot of it is digital. And but anyway, what I was getting at is just I think with like the it costs that much because it takes me fucking hours. Yes. Um. People kind of got a little bit of a confidence boost in that and started. Started being like, I don't fucking do exposure. Like, expo- I'll do exposure every now and then as my own stuff. Yeah. Um, With my own solo stuff. If somebody's like, I can't pay you, but this is a fucking... People are going to see you. Mm-hmm. I might still do that with, with brand new stuff. Do not not accept exposure gigs. Once you have gotten those couple of exposure gigs and started getting gigs because of those exposure gigs do not let them take advantage of you and tell you they can't pay you with anything but exposure yeah because like how how long because you know usually the promoter at least the ones i've met are like nowhere near as talented as the performers on the stage they're sitting there they're they're usually drunk and or high the whole time and then they basically walk away with that fucking box full of money that they charge everyone door fees and drink fees for right and that happens every time. Or it's someone who doesn't have connections with the bars and stuff. And you're they're knowingly setting up what they would call variety gigs, which can be fun. But it's also just they'll take whatever they can get. Oh, you come and you see, you see a guy telling jokes and then you see a band. And then you see a band and then you see another guy telling jokes. And it's like, that's cool. But the real reason you're doing this is because, oh, I can make money off this comedian and this band and sell it this way. And they're knowingly doing this shit in like meth dens and shit like that yeah, just that wherever they fucking them. can yeah you know it's just it's so seedy it's so yeah, seedy it can here. Be pretty seedy. i've seen people in this area mobile it's not mobile or atlanta but it was someone from mobile at least um advertising the artists paying them to perform or be on the mixtape or be on stage at this show or whatever and like getting so defensive with it, like if you're not willing to do that, you you know you just don't want to put in the work. You're lazy, or you don't understand. There's you know steps to this stuff like that. The steps should never include me paying to fucking do work. Performing is work, right? Yeah, unless you've got like unless it's like, well, you have to pay to play at Coachella, and then you'll get money back. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah, I get that one. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In, the, in the way of like. This is a big stage where it's like people are paying in to get a spot on the stage because everybody wants in. Mm-hmm. But if you've got this, if you've got this podunk fucking bullshit gig, and you're gonna tell me that you're gonna charge me to get on your stage when I can't even guarantee that it's gonna be much of a crowd there at all. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Exactly. So like, just look out. Like, especially if you're like, let's say you're a rapper, you make your Instagram account and shit immediately you're going to start getting all these notifications and messages from like 251 mixtapes and the Gulf Coast this and that. Just ignore that shit, honestly. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, let's move on. I, I'm I'm ju- just about as adamant about that shit as you are because I've dealt with it. So, I've had a lot of weird shit happen to me this week. I'm just gonna kind of rapid fire it. You know, it's like not really a, a consecutive story. It's just shit in no particular order that happened. So, um, yesterday, for example, um, one of the things I've been doing with Riley, Alexandra just got back in town. She was up in Little Rock visiting her sister over Memorial Day weekend. And Riley's been kind of pouting because she was gone for like a week. So I've been taking them out of the house more, taking them on rides up to uh, the university. And they also have a lot of pokey stops at the university. So, you know, I'm doing my thing there. Yeah. Um, and one night we were about to go and I'm packing myself a lunch. And I go in the peanut butter and my dumb ass had accidentally put the jelly knife in the sink. So now I got to get a new knife. I go in the peanut butter and like, I'm spreading it on my bread and then I notice like there's something like darker in the peanut butter I'm like wait this is a new knife but is that jelly from before or something so (laughs) I go to like lift it off the off the bread and it makes a noise on the knife like it's hard Mm. and so I take a picture and send it to my wife and it's it's covered in peanut butter but it's shaped like a fucking like little scorpion almost I'm like what the fuck is going on here got no idea so then I like take it with the knife and I like fling it into the sink and it makes a ding in the sink I'm like what the fuck is in my peanut butter so I'm like spraying it off and shit and it's it's starting to look like fibrous and shit by the time I'm done spraying off it, it looks kind of reminiscent of purple and I'm like could this be jelly? Because I've never seen... I've seen jelly get left in a peanut butter container, obviously. We lived in a house of people that like peanut butter and jelly. Well, I, I, me and Dad like peanut butter and jelly. And Okay, first of all, I'm eating that tonight, so it's not just you and Dad. Well, I just meant I will take credit for there being I jelly the in the peanut out, butter yeah, jar. Yeah, I'll take I, credit yeah. for the big serving spoon size hole that's in the jar because I <laughs> took it to bed at 12 a.m. So, but it's never hardened. So that was really fucking weird. That for is me. very weird. Very I wonder strange. if it's something from the factory or I don't know. Um maybe some weird uh, quality check issue with the peanut butter. Maybe. So, um anyway, one of these adventures I I went on with Riley. I walked out of the house. And I, I told myself before I walked out the door, okay, I have everything. I went and got my charger, I put it in my pocket, I have my phone, everything. I walk out the house, you know I locked the door knob before I shut the door. As soon as I shut the door, I go, am I sure I have my fucking keys? <laughs> and my wife is in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh my god. It is so serendipitous that our dryer has been fucked up because her stepdad has a key to our house because he's been coming over and working on the dryer. But it was like 11 at night. So she, I never yeah. got a key from y'all, did I? No. So she had, she had just gotten to sleep. She probably give me one. Yeah, probably. And so I, I woke her up um, after she had just gotten to sleep. And she was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to sleep. She finally does. And I got to call her and say, hey, guess what the fuck I did? And I'm on the porch with Riley now. So I still take him downstairs to like pee and stuff. And then we come up. And um, I have to, like, find a place to, like, tie his leash off and just sit there uh, waiting for her stepdad to, like, 
you know, put his dick away and come. Right. Let me in my own house. Well, come and then put his dick away, but yeah, sure. God damn. <laughs> and he was polite enough not to ask, hey, what the fuck are you even doing going out? Like, what? where are you fucking going? And I almost would have felt like lying because I, I didn't want to imagine this fucking man's face when I went... Oh, you know, I was going to get my dog in the back seat and we were going to drive up to the University of South Alabama and I was going to catch Pokemon. You didn't have phone. to say the Pokemon part. You could have just said we're going to go on a walk at the university. That's true. So, and once I got my keys back, I realized that um, one of the times I had uh, had my keys, I'm having trouble or I was having trouble figuring out which one to put in my lock because I have a key to her mom's house and our key, and they're shaped the same. So they're closer to each other now, and just the other day I looked at them, and I've had both these keys for over a year, no, not over a year, but like a year now, and just now realized that they say different shit. Yeah. They're different brand keys. One says quick set, and one says some shit about fucking some other place. I'm like, did, I, did my dumb ass, I've been sitting here confused, like putting the wrong key in the door, just now realized that they did not say different things. Another thing, Madison, speaking of shit that's different, I'm trying my best to do segues here. Um, you did not, like, respond to something I said to you the other day. And I think, was it because you were disgusted or disturbed or just did not think Let it me think about warranted this. a response? Was this about something where you were shitting? No. I it's related to shitting, though, in my opinion. Okay, what did you say? Well, I texted Madison. Well, I almost... Well, if I tell you why I texted, it kind of gives away the story. So, it's not really a story. I was laying... You know, you sometimes you fuck around with your, with your belly button and shit. Okay, never mind. I remember. He said... And I meant to respond, but I think I was at work when you sent it. Because you be sending the craziest shit early as fuck in the morning. And then I don't hear from you until like 6 o'clock at night. Because that's when I fucking wake I know. up. <laughs> but you said that you like dug in your belly button as if you've never done that before. And it like stung and it smelled like fecal matter. Okay, so what what I... That's not exactly what I said. Let me, let me clarify here. I've dug in my belly button before... Because sometimes, like, you don't always think, let me finger my belly button while I'm in the shower, right? And sometimes you get lint in there. I work out a lot, so, you know, sometimes... Sweat. Yeah, sweat and stuff. So, I've got, you know, was just laying around watching YouTube, digging around my belly button. And, of course, anytime you put your finger in one of your orifices, you sniff it, right? What kind of, what kind of belly button do you have? What do you mean? Well, you know how Dad's is weird, because Dad's has, like, you can see the bottom of it. Dad's is shallow. Yeah, and yeah. You can, it's, like, flat. Dad's looks it's like... It's like he didn't even have a tie-off. It, it just was never a thing. It looks like you left your subtweeter too close to your kid. That's so weird. Fucked with it. I always did that to his speakers too when I was I a kid. I know. He's, he's always been pissed about During it. During live events sometimes, I think. like he, They would be playing at like, the Black Lawn Street party, I think, and my dumbass would walk like, Just poke the fucking thing in. You're not supposed to do that. Not at all. So I was doing that to my belly button. And so my belly button's like deep. A cone, deep cone. Uh, my belly button, like my middle finger, I'm doing it through my shirt right now. It like goes to my 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 knuckle, my my first knuckle, not the one on my hand, like this one. And I sniff my finger, and it's my finger smells exactly like a butthole. 
precisely which would mean, like a rectum. And I'm like... Which would mean that Michael's had to have scratched his ass or put his finger somewhere up his butt a little bit in order to get an itch that needed to be itched. <laughs> and then smelled that. On your own finger, right? I will neither confirm nor deny such a fucking insane accusation, but I do know what a butthole smells like. Um, I know One time my shit... It might just be, like, a sweaty hole. I don't yeah, know, maybe, like, it's it's, it's it's the sweat, right? One time but, my shit just started bleeding. I was like, ugh. I'm unraveling. My weird ass... So, I smell it, and I'm like, bro, this smells so much like a butthole, and I couldn't, like, get it out. I'm like, I don't even know what to do here. You get a Q-tip. I did get a Q-tip, but we don't have, like, hydrogen peroxide or anything. You just have to put it in there. No, my stupid ass. So, my wife, before she left, because she was going to get her nails done up in Little Rock, she, I think, she couldn't find her nail polish remover or something, so she used, like, Q-tips and isopropyl alcohol. Ow. And my stupid ass... Thought that was the right Dunks idea. a Q-tip in isopropyl alcohol and then rubs Once it around. raw, wet meat inside <laughs> of the hole. And it was almost like, I was like, is there a cut in my fucking belly button now? Because this burns. Yeah. This well, fucking does not feel. It's because when you don't get into there, you have like this, you know, you have this like wet mm-hmm. skin in there. That and that's part of the reason why it stinks because just just like a let's say it's like the early stage of like if you have like a cyst or anything like that like a big pimple or something that's been there a long time yeah the shit inside of it stinks like shit God because get rid of that shit immediately when you skin see it. cells pack together and are dead and are wet and that smells like ass like it really doesn't smell good at all I'm pulling like and so the that is always blue when I pull it out of my belly that's button. crazy. <laughs> um, it's like you got the genie inside your belly button. Um, but when that, you know, that so that same kind of idea is like old sweat. So sometimes it's just a little like, what's the, musky or mildewy smelling oh, God, in there. Yeah. And then other times it's like what you said, where it's all, it's also you can get it behind your ears, like ear cheese. And then you smell that, and that's like that's like the best case scenario is like that cheese smell. I get the shit inside my ears. But you're saying you smell like ass. I feel like you like dug too far down and actually touched your butthole through your crazy. belly button. No, uh, that happens to me also. It's a, I mean it's a deep belly button. Mm-hmm. Even if you did wash it, it's like you would really have to go in there every other day and put a Q-tip down there to get whatever hot sweat, especially in the summertime, might have gotten down there. Yeah, next time I got in the shower, I was just like up in there. I used to just put my finger in my belly button and leave it there for a while. <laughs> just when you're chilling? Yeah, like you know how dad would like just put his hand down his pants like on the couch at night that's and fall the, asleep? That's the thing men do. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd just be putting my finger in my belly button and just like, that that makes sense. Not now, but back when I was little. So, then later I was on the toilet, as as per usual, right? And I like my my ear itches, right? Like on the inside. So you know you just like finger fuck your ear side to side and all that stuff. And obviously, being me, I sniffed that. And I'm I I, I thought to myself. I think I said it out loud. I was like, Why does every hole in my body smell like a fucking asshole? I don't understand why you're. <laughs> Ear hole smells like an asshole. It usually That's smells little... like cheese. This time it smelled like literal booty hole. I feel like earwax has its own scent. 
that's unlike the rest of everything else. I freaked mom out one time. I think I said this though on the podcast. Like I was sitting on the couch one day. When she oh was yeah. Around, dug in my ear, smelled it. Went, why does my earwax smell like cheddar cheese? And she was like, "What is wrong with she, you?" She she just felt like she got transported to another dimension because she you know she's pretty. I don't want to say like prim and proper, but like definitely not the type to dig in her ear and ponder upon the smell of out it. loud. Out least. loud. Yeah. Um and yeah, she was like, "That is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard." I was like, "Oh, I got I got worse, mom." So, uh, one thing that's kind of been bothering me, uh, was whenever we did our pride episode, I kind of like, didn't really, uh, elaborate on something. I sort of said that I like made better friends with girls or something like that. Like I didn't get as long, along as well with dudes. Growing up, most of my friends were dudes, but, uh, I think what I meant to say was like, I was always kind of looking for something in those friendships that I didn't get out of them. And it was a lot easier to find those types of things when I hung out with a group of girls or something like that. There was something I wanted to add to that, like, I don't even, I don't think it was from, it might have been from Pride episode. I think it might have been from Kardashian episode. When it, it seems like I just skimmed on past saying Bruce Jenner without, you know, as if I don't care to call her Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said something right as I said it to say like, well, that, formerly known as. Yeah, that was her name at the but time. But I was just so deep in thought that I didn't even... Of course, I was talking about formerly known as Bruce Jenner. Yeah. But I wasn't meaning to dead name. So uh, I hope this apology gets to everyone out there. But I, I didn't even realize that it had been done until I went back and listened to the episode. And then I was like, ooh, shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... Yeah, Caitlin Her name Jenner, is Caitlyn. Yeah. She is a piece of shit, but her name is Caitlyn. Right. Um, And also another thing, I like being called pretty more than anything else. Handsome, get I've the fuck out of my face. i men pretty. Like, hot, I don't... Like, okay, maybe, like, if my wife calls me hot, that's cool. But, I've like, always called I don't care. Men pretty. I've always pretty. called men pretty and anyone pretty and one yeah. time i said it to the wrong man who and he punched me right in my was, fucking well face. he was transgender uh female to male and okay. i didn't i didn't realize that or i didn't i didn't discriminate against that yeah in a in a ass backwards way to be like maybe they don't want to be called pretty uh uh-huh. and i just said what i always say to everybody and i was like oh my gosh you're so pretty mhm and they clapped back and said, that's probably not something you want to say to a transgender man. And it was the creator who had, like, a bunch of likes on his shit. Oh, and I was like, ooh, didn't mean to do that. I call everybody pretty. Yeah. Um, But you can't really state your case in that moment. You kind of have to be like, that's my bad, dude. That person probably just had, like, dysphoria and you might have, like, triggered it a little bit. Yeah. yeah that That happens. You know, like, there's people... Like me, who don't care if you walk into a room and say, hey, guys, right? But then there's people that will feel a certain way and be like, I'm not a guy. It's like, that's not how I meant it. But if it actually hurts you for me to say that, cool. I'm sorry. If I was I with, do it. I just thought about this. But if I was like with a woman and I was in my full like masculine era. Okay. And I came out in my, you know, Sunday best for a dinner date or something. And she was like, you are so fucking handsome right now. Yeah. 
I would grow a penis. Like, I swear to <laughs> like, God. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm so handsome. I guess we're not going out tonight. Get in here. Exactly. Right. Like, we. I remember we were ring shopping at, at a local jeweler one time. And we were looking at all these all these wedding rings for me. Because, you know, she already had hers at that, at that point. Or at least her engagement ring. So, we were looking for my future wedding ring. And when I really liked one, I'd be like, oh, that that's really pretty, isn't it? And, like... I said it a couple times until the jeweler lady felt the need to correct me and go, no, they're handsome. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure I rolled my southern, eyes in her face. There's these like older southern women out there that have like this very distinct, like they just feel like there are certain rules. And I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about specifically like close-minded people Mm -hmm. i'm talking about like those kind of things where it's just this weird like over here and it is kind of close-minded but in the way of like why was that the thing yeah like and it's very like in my in my head it i'm used to old southern women it might be all over the place but yeah they do things like that where it's like don't call him pretty call him handsome it's like he likes it though. Or he is pretty. Yeah. Like a a necklace one way or another does not have to be is not a gender it's a necklace. Yeah, we assign it. And that. it can be pretty. Mhm. And go on a man. Yeah. Cuban sure. links. Let's just say Cuban links are like the manliest thing quote yeah. unquote out there. Um Oh, that's a pretty pair of Cuban links right there you got there. That's a pretty dog you got there. Has yeah. a penis. Oh my god. Yeah. That's not a handsome dog. My dog is pretty. Right. And I like to feel pretty. You right. know what I mean? Like I like like the things about me that are complimented the most or or things that one would consider pretty. The hair, the eyelashes, all that right. type of stuff. I like it more handsome just sounds boring to me. Yeah. Handsome is like, oh what, I would look good in like in a suit or something like like I don't know. I only think about like tuxedo when i right. think about handsome like a pretty so cool um and speaking of alexandra this morning after she got back uh we finally or she finally got to sleep and i stayed up uh cleaning the house a little bit because i was expecting our maintenance people to come over and check our ac and shit because they fucking left a note saying that they would they did not but i went in there one time and she like kind of woke up a little bit mm-hmm and I went and I gave her a hug. I was like, how you feeling, baby? And she she says, she goes, some uh, some kind of chili sauce, I think. <laughs> I just laughed my ass off and left the fucking room. I was like, she's dreaming about something. Right. Some kind of fuck. She's dreaming about some cooking kind of or something. Some chili sauce, I think. But then my last thing is like, speaking about sleeping and dreaming, I had like a sad dream uh, yesterday. Oh, no. I had a dream, and I thought it was, like, real for some reason. Like, usually I don't. Um, or if I do, I don't remember. Um, but there were, like, three of my old friends were in it. And I had been... I was talking to them like I was about to, like, be their sponsor. Like, they were both, like, done with, like, smoking weed and shit like that or wanted to be and, like, wanted my help. And I was, like, giving them advice and stuff. And, like, a third guy was there that I haven't heard from in a while that used to be one of my dealers and slash friends... Um, and then I woke up and I was like, Hey, one of those guys you were talking to, he stopped smoking weed way before you. And it was also one of the reasons that y'all's friendship sort of fucking, uh, fizzled out. Uh, the other guy's dead. 
And then you have no idea what's going on with the third guy that used to be your dealer. So that was like kind of depressing. Sorry. Um, that crazy. has been my I had, week. I had a crazy dream where I got a letter in the mail for Tequila's funeral and I got mad at mom because she didn't tell me. Wait, what? No, he, it was a dream. Oh, okay. God. I immediately forgot that part. Like, I was listening. I was like, okay, you had a dream. I had a dream <laughs> that Tequila had died, but I was not aware of it until I got a letter in the mail that said, like, a full fucking obituary for Tequila and when the funeral was, like, a save the day for the funeral. Wow. And I called mom, and I was pissed off that no one had told me that he had died. Yeah. Because I lived here, and they lived there. It wasn't like I was across seas or anything. Uh-huh. It was like... Why the fuck didn't you call me and say, come over here, tequila died, like we did with the other fucking dog? Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? So, and then I woke up. I haven't really been having, like, if I'm having dreams, I'm not remembering them. Yeah. But a lot of, for a long time, when I first moved in here, and I talked about this briefly in an episode or two, I was having really deep-seated kind of scary dreams Mm. for a while when I first moved in here and they were stress-induced definitely and then sleep uh, deprivation and things like that I was getting used to living alone yeah and uh I don't know man it was so I'm kind of happy not to have those kind of dreams because some of them were cool, and you kind of like look into what this means and what that means. There was always a meaning, and it has all kind of made sense. Yeah. But then some of them, like one of them was me meeting myself, and I'd never fucking seen myself in a dream ever in my life, and I don't think most people do that. Damn, did, did she smile creepily at you? No. And not say anything? She wasn't dressed the same. Oh, Okay. But we both realized that the other one was us. That's the weird fucking part. And then she ran away from me. And nothing online had any spiritual, like, reasoning for that scenario. Alternate universe. It's like you might see your doppelganger. I've never had that And that's it. And that's like, you might see your doppelganger and this is what it means. It's like, and then there's even one that's like, what if you run away from your doppelganger? But what if your doppelganger runs away from you? Then what are we looking at here? What if you are the doppelganger? What if you are the doppelganger? Is this Inception? What the fuck's going on? Oh, shit. And what's weird, and I was like in an old school, what's, uh, uh, where are you, (laughs) Scooby-Doo? Fucking scary mansion with sconces on the walls. Oh, shit. That's weird. That's weird. That's like some, uh... Haunting a blind man, and I like yeah, and I like walk to the end of this hallway where everything's dark, and there's just this one room at the end of the hallway that has lights, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go see what that's about. I'm supposed to be in bed with this other human that is there, and I was did not want to go to sleep, and I walk through this door, and at the exact moment I'm walking through this door, my other half, (laughs) my other me, is walking through this door because it was like a three door bedroom. Yeah. Or a three-door room, and then the back wall of the room didn't have a door. Okay. And we both walk in. We both look at each other. We both look shocked. Like, 
like normal shocked except she looks a little more scary shocked like oh what the fuck yeah and then she runs and so I go I guess I need to run too <laughs> and I turn around and I and we're in two different outfits and I run back to the bed and I can't get in it cause it's too big and then I I wake up it was weird it was the weirdest shit ever I was so spooked when I woke up from that dream yeah I was like what the fuck does that mean and then I had had a couple dreams where I was in the dream, I could recall going, remember this, because I was having memories within dreams. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could do was, like, hold on to this memory and see if it did come from another dream memory. Because that's what it felt like. It's like, I've been in this world before. This is the memory. But then when I would wake up, I'd be like, no, that was just all in this one dream. And somehow it came up with its own memory that never existed. And then... I had a dream where the memories were from another dream of the same world and it was a dream where I didn't want to be I had realized that it was kind of that inception thing where everything starts falling apart as soon as you realize like I don't think I was lucid dreaming but it was the same concept where I didn't want to do what the dream wanted to do Mm -hmm. and the people within the dream were going to make me do what oh yeah it was one of those things, but I didn't think I had full control of the situation, like in a lucid dream. I couldn't change what I was doing, I, I or I couldn't change where I was. I could, I wasn't really, and it was like, all of a sudden in the second dream where I had all these memories, I like look around and I'm like, oh no, I'm here again. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I do, this fucking smiling ass guy is coming up to me and he's like, hey, and you want to do this? And I'm like, no, I'm going to go. And I'm pretending like I don't know what the fuck's going on. It was really weird. But he like finally gets me and I'm like trying to get away. And he's very nice the whole time, but he is forcefully tackling me. Yeah, that's fucked. It is fucked. It's fucked up. And then I had a dream about killing a snake that was talking to me. Probably what you should do if a snake is talking to you. Is yeah, kill just it. all kinds of weird fucking dreams yeah. when I first got here. So I would do that if a snake talked yeah, to me. Yeah, I chopped it in fucking half. That one was like a... With what? You just pulled a shovel out of your yeah, back Yeah, I had pocket? something, but it was like this really thick, like not very long, like a regular size, like what you might find in your yard, big snake to you, but not like an anaconda. And it, But it was really fat. And it, it had, like, this big fucking, like, not cartoon head, but, like, a nice size, just, like, honker of a head. Mm. And it was, like, orange and yellow or orange and red. And it was talking to me, but it was almost, like, telepathy type shit. Kind of like in... The Garden of Eden? Yeah, or, like, uh, Harry Potter. Weird. And it was very weird. And it was, like, underneath the house. A house of some sort. Oh, he slithered here from Eden just to hide outside your door? That's weird. Hosier snake? Hosier snake. Crazy. And so I killed it. Whatever. I don't remember what the fuck he'd said to me, but I remembered at the time that I went and looked it up. And basically me killing it was like a sign of like evolving up, you know, like kind of getting past a certain thing and if the snake is this color and if the snake is this color and blah blah blah. Because you're getting past your past. Yeah, that kind of thing. Shutting down that voice. Yeah. Um only thing I have left to say about that that I probably didn't cover in the Lucid Dream episode was I've had usually if I'm like 
if I just quit a job or I'm starting a new job or like something like that, some like big change, uh, and it, it lined up with what I looked up on the internet, um, I would have a dream where I was like in a car accident or like was like there was doom or like the feeling of like dying or something like that. And I looked up, I was like, what? Why am I having these dreams? And I just had a dream about a car accident that just like never ended. Like I just kept fucking spinning and shit. And they're like, oh, it usually happens right before a big change in your life, you know? Um, so it's normal. It's just like you kind of bracing and maybe being nervous about this new yeah. change in your life. So speaking of changing, um, I think it's about time to change the topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, Memorial Day was on Monday of the week that we were recording this. This episode will be coming out on Around or near July 4th. Yes, American Independence Day. So let's Day. get into something all American. Yeah. All right. So, luckily for us, luckily for you, not a lot has fucking happened uh in the world, let's just say a, cu- a couple, you know, notable things uh, and we'll go over that. Um, we haven't even said this is the month in review. Yeah, 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 yeah. Month old news. It's also our season finale. So you're getting a little flavor of everything. You know, you just got our weekly updates. We're about to give you some news, and we got a little bit of conversation after that. Um, before we get into the news, though, I would like to give a content warning. Um, I'm about to discuss uh, a case that involves... Uh, Assaults of a sexual manner. Damn, Michael, we we said last week. Hopefully, we'll have something lighter that's, to talk about. That's all that's ever in the news is some fucking. No, celebrity. that's all that's ever in your news. I find science things. Okay, well, what'd you find this week? Not the goddamn. But so there you go. This is not about science. This is about Scientology, though. Oh God. Oh uh, my God. Scientologists and. Uh, guy that used to play a pothead on a show in the early 2000s uh danny masterson found guilty of two out of three counts of rape forcible rape in retrial a jury found that and this is from npr a jury found that that 70s show star danny masterson guilty of two out of three counts of rape wednesday in los angeles retrial in which the church of scientology played a central role the jury of seven women and five men reached the verdict after deliberating for seven days spread over two weeks. They could not reach a verdict on the third count that alleged Masterson raped a longtime girlfriend. They had voted eight and four in favor of a conviction. Raped a longtime girlfriend. Eight and four in favor of conviction. I thought... Oh, no, that was the third one. I was like, I thought you had to be unanimous. They do. That's why the third one, they didn't come to an agreement. Masterson was led from the courtroom in handcuffs. The 47-year-old actor faces up to 30 years in prison. Alright, I'm experiencing... Oh yeah, so one of the women said, I'm experiencing a complex array of emotions. Relief, exhaustion, strength, sadness, knowing that my abuser, Danny Masterson, will face accountability for his criminal behavior. He was convicted of raping this woman at his home in 2003... So while he was on that seventy show, this isn't all new. Really? Yeah, this isn't all new shit. This is a, this happened twenty years ago. One of these things. Wow. The crazy shit is while this news was coming out, he was still on that fucking Netflix show with Ashton Kutcher and uh, oh yeah, 
The Ranch. It was the worst show ever. Yeah. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, yeah. Prosecutors retrying Masterson after a deadlocked jury led to a mistrial in December said he forcibly raped three women, including a longtime girlfriend, in his Hollywood Hills home between 2001 and 2003. Three different women, so one each year? It seems like it. Something like On average, that's what he's been convicted of, at least. That's who's come forward. And this isn't, like, like I said, this isn't even new. This isn't, oh my gosh, I can't believe it came this way. It's like, during the fucking show. So you're there, you're watching him in his shades be like chill, and then like the camera turns off and he goes and fucking assaults somebody. That's just so crazy. How and so that was twenty years ago, he was twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And he's playing a fucking like teenager on television. He must have been like the oldest member of the yeah, cast he was. or something. Um, yeah, he was out of the kids. Yeah. Um Which is weird. You would think Hyde would have Riz. Like why is he which I know, like, rape isn't all about, like, you can't get girls. It's about control. But it's just, like, that's always so, like, it's still strange a little bit when you find out that even dudes that could easily have women it's still weird. just take things like that violently. It's like, you didn't even need to. So it's obviously not just about, like, sexual stuff. It's it's a power thing. And it's something that, like, is fucked up about you. That that you're doing. Yeah, this. the only the only thing I'm questioning right now that's kind of weird is that the jury couldn't come to a decision. Yeah, I think we might get into that with because. Um, so, certain people like Leah Remini, who uh, she played Carrie on King of Queens, she was in the Church of Scientology right. for a while, and she's come out and said a lot of shit, um, about them, what they try to keep under wraps, the fact that you know. Guys like Tom Cruise and John Travolta get special treatment that you kind of get punished within that church if you come out against them. Like people, uh, according to her and other like whistleblowers, like people have been like kidnapped and like whipped and punished and shit for like getting on Tom Cruise's bad side. Yeah, but there's also people that have done things like Danny Masterson who get... There's crazy shit like... You come out about Scientology, like, if you're like, bro, they killed, there was a story, and I can't remember who it was for, but it's like, this person in Scientology, we're, we're all in Scientology, right? Mm-hmm. And these people killed my dog. Yeah. And then I spoke out about it, and so they killed another dog. Yeah. Like, they do shit like that, or like, like... Things like the Danny Masterson thing where it's like, if you become part of the Church Church of Scientology, they'll do a lot to cover things up for you. I think that a lot of, especially celebrities that are part of the Church of Scientology, don't really believe the whole, like, alien sperm god, you know, implanting in the earth and making humans bullshit. It's more of just being able to get away with a bunch of shit. Yeah, it's it's like a protective society for celebrities, you know? Right. Um, So, prosecutors uh, retrying Masterson after a deadlocked jury led to a mistrial in December, said he forcibly raped three women, including a longtime girlfriend, in his Hollywood Hills home between 2001 and 2003. They told jurors he drugged the women's drinks so he could rape them. They said he used his prominence in the church where all three women were also members at the time to avoid consequences for decades. It's well, like you said, two the, decades. they killed another we dog. We say decades like, I know that is technically right, but yeah. decades sounds like 50 fucking years. You're, you're right. 
Masterson did not testify, and his lawyers called no witnesses. The defense argued that the acts were consensual and attempted to discredit the women's stories by highlighting changes and inconsistencies over time, which they said showed signs of coordination between them. If you decide that a witness deliberately lied about something in this case, defense attorney Philip Cohen told jurors going through their instructions in his closing argument, you should consider not believing anything the witness says. The Church of Scientology played a significant role in the first trial, but arguably an even larger one in the second. Judge Charlene F. Almedo allowed expert testimony on church policy from a former official in Scientology leadership who has become a prominent opponent. Tensions ran high in the courtroom between current and former Scientologists and even leaked into testimony with the accusers saying on the stand that they felt intimidated by some members in the room. Actor Leah Remini, a former member who has become the church's highest profile critic, sat in on the trial at times, putting her arm around one of the accusers to comfort her during closing arguments. And then it just has like the history of Scientology and um, kind of just repeats what was testified about. So I won't get into all that because we have the R word like seven more times in this article. So goodness, yeah, fuck that guy. Piece of shit, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? What do you mean, Jesus? Yeah. That's a little extreme, bro. No, no, I mean, it's not extreme, but it's like... It was just the way it came out of your mouth. It was funny. Yeah. Piece of shit, right? <laughs> Am I right, fellas? Fuck I, that guy. It sucks because it seems like every time I turn around... It's like the per- the person that I loved the most from a group of humans. Oh. You end up telling me they were a piece of shit. Yep. And I'm like, fuck, you know? John used to be your fave back in the day. John. Out of the Beatles. He was your guy. For, no. For a minute he was. Paul McCartney was always... No, it was Ringo, and then it was Paul. It was never Ringo. It was too Ringo because he was funny. Okay, I fell through my ass and I came out in another universe. I never, ever was a John fan. I just remember I Did remember you just that. you say you fell through your own ass? And came into another universe, uh, yeah. Because yeah, I, I swear, I remember, like, he, he was the lead singer. He had the long hair and the glasses and, like, the beast in love and all that, and you were like... I thought he was. I thought at one Into point him. for a very small time that he was cool, but he was never my favorite. Okay, okay, we do this. I'll like you do this, and sometimes I'll be fucking with her, but a lot of time I'm being sincere. I was like, "That was your favorite show, right?" She's like, "I fucking hated that show." Yeah, what are you no, talking about? You do that shit, and I I just sit there like Mandela effect, what bro. Are you fucking talking about <laughs> the, the Madison effect. <laughs> so. I have one more little, like, one more piece of news that I'm going to read and then rant about just a little bit. But before that happens, I was on the way here, and Madison was texting me about how, dude, there's no fucking news. There really isn't and any news. I was literally in the middle of texting her back. Like, I was, I was parked at the gas station because I just stopped in and got a monster. I was texting her back, and I have AOL app on my phone. Yeah, I know. I still have an AOL account. Suck my dick. And... The a notification came across my screen because they share news with me. That's where I put a lot of stuff in my notes. And it said, <laughs> "I gotta read this headline, dude, because I was just fucking like chilling. I was literally just like about to um, continue driving, and 
I finished that text and right before I put my phone down, on my screen it says, Department of Justice charges Bob's Burger star in January 6th Capitol riot. I was like, what the fuck is this? Madison will love this. Let me look into this. Which one? I'll let you know. So here's here's what uh, NBC News says, and this was posted on AOL.com. A Hollywood actor who appeared on Mr. Show, Arrested Development, Bob's Burgers, and in Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Give me a second to think about this. You're not going to know who he is. Okay. Has been, you, you'll know his face, but you, you're never going to guess him. Has been arrested in California and charged in connection with the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Bro, are you kidding me? No. So do you want to guess what character he played in Bob's Burgers, though? Did he pay? Did he play like the dumb fucking friend? Teddy. Yeah. No, yeah, I was thinking Teddy for some reason. Even though I don't think Teddy would ever get involved in shit like that, I was just did thinking. Did he play God. like the other, like the dude's dad that they're like rich and like? Yeah. It's Jimmy Pesto Senior. Jimmy Pesto. Yeah. And that it's so it's okay. So, I need to hear his voice. All right. So. Let me finish this real quick. Jay Johnston faces charges of felony obstruction of officers during civil disorder as well as several misdemeanor offenses, according to court documents. The Daily Beast reported in December 2021, apparently, which I did not know this, that Johnston had been banned from Bob's Burgers, where he voiced the character of Jimmy Pesto Sr. I want to hear Jimmy Pesto's voice. Hold on, I'm going to Google this. Hey, Bob, not getting many customers today, huh? I don't know, I can't do Jimmy voices. Pesto. That's so fucked. Jimmy Pesto was in the January I just want to hear his voice. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, it, it's Bob. Bob, Bob, Bob Melcher. Can, can you just throw it? Hey, goodbye. Are you okay? Yeah, just can't uh, zoom as hard with these dumb stitches. Whatever. The pharmacist said the medication can make you drowsy. I, I don't know. I, I didn't really pay attention. I'm not sure. And... Oh, and what the fuck? You know? It's like you're not even that fucking famous. Why would you be a dumbass and go raid the fucking... I guess he didn't have much to lose. I don't know. No, he didn't have much to lose. Like, I don't even fucking... I mean, except for his Jimmy He looks Pesto like somebody man. I went to fucking school with, you know? he's doing... <laughs> And he's got a fucking dumbass mustache. He's one of those, like, he's slightly familiar just because he's, like, been, you know, like a side character in so many he's things. He's as familiar to... He's less familiar to me than the fucking dudes that do the Sonic commercials. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Butter, garlic, bacon, burger. Is that how it went? I don't fucking know. <laughs> garlic, butter, garlic, garlic, butter, probably. Shit, so yeah, and then after that, I have one more thing. I'm going to read this little article from U.S. News that also came across my fucking screen. Russia finds Wikipedia owner for failing to delete Azov Battalion content. Let me read this. A Russian court on Tuesday fined the Wikimedia Foundation, which owns Wikipedia, 3 million rubles, or 36,854 bucks, for refusing to delete an article on Ukraine's Azov Battalion, the Interfax News Agency reported. Wikimedia did not immediately respond to a writer's request for comment. It has previously said information that Russian authorities complained about was well-sourced and in line with Wikipedia standards. The Azov Battalion 
a unit of Ukraine's military has been designated a terrorist group by Russia. Keep that in mind that I, I said by Russia, okay? Okay. Wikipedia is one of the few surviving independent sources of information in Russia since a state crackdown on online content intensified after Moscow sent its armed forces into Ukraine. Keep that in mind, too. Okay. Russia has said it was not yet planning to block Wikipedia, but has handed the online encyclopedia a series of fines. Wikimedia has previously criticized the penalties as part of an ongoing effort by the Russian government to limit the spread of reliable, well-sourced information in the country. We are against such efforts as pressure tactics and see them as an attempt to use legal liabilities to try to curb free knowledge, the foundation has said. All right, so you got that? Check this out. So I said they were designated by Russia as a terrorist organization, right? Okay. So these are headlines from, I'm not going to read these, I'm just going to read you the headlines and you can guess what the article's about and you can go read them. Right. From different years they're not in any particular order um so here we have the hill a headline from march of 2018 congress bans arms to ukraine militia linked to neo-nazis okay 2014 newsweek ukrainian nationalist volunteers committing isis style war crimes okay here we have time magazine january of 2021 like, share, recruit. How a white supremacist militia uses Facebook to radicalize and train new members. And then they have a photo of people uh, doing grenade throwing training and the caption for the photo reads, recruits training in August 2019 with the military wing of Ukraine's far right Azov movement, which has inspired white supremacists from around the world. And then last but not least, and this is, these are not the only headlines. You can, you can go look on YouTube, search their name, and search by like upload date, and you'll go back to 2014, you'll see Vox, Vice, all the big like YouTube alternative news channels and just regular news channels saying that about them, saying, uh, you know, the far right problem in Ukraine and like highlighting Azov and all this shit. So this is routers, right? Commentary, Ukraine's neo-Nazi problem. And this is from March 19th, 2018. So it's not just Russia. And even before this war, quote-unquote, started uh, a year or so ago, there were, like, votes within, like, the UN and, like, Western countries and stuff conversing about doing that. About saying, hey... There's these Nazi vigilantes in Ukraine that are tying people to telephone poles and uh, killing people for being Jewish and doing all this sort of shit. We might want to designate them a terrorist organization. Like, they, it's not just Russia saying that. Other people, other big Western countries were looking at them the exact same way until it was convenient to not to. And now all those same sources, all those same politicians are coming out and saying no, they don't have a Nazi problem, and if they ever did, they got rid of that, and Azov are brave heroes, ignore the fucking Wolfsongle on the fucking guy's shirt and the swastika tattoos on the back of his head, and when they bury him, they even put a fucking Nazi symbol on top of the fucking casket. 
ignore all that. They are heroes. They are fighting evil, actual Nazi Russia. Like, we're calling Russia Nazis. Like, all this sort of stuff. Now, I probably should have led with this because a lot of people turn their fucking ears off if you say anything that isn't completely 100% against Russia. I'm not pro-Russia. I'm not. Right? You know, we just had a Pride episode, like, recently. Um, Russia is not, like, their government, at least, is not pro-LGBTQ. Um, technically, I think gay marriage is legal over there, but they have this loophole where gay, quote-unquote, propaganda is illegal. So there's no pride parades. Um, basically, if you read into it, it's a law that states that any demonstration in public with the intent to express that same-sex couples and same-sex relations can bring about similar... Um, healthy results and stuff like that for people as opposite sex relationships is illegal. Like, you can get arrested for that shit. They're not good. Like, Russia and Ukraine both ban opposing political parties, right? Um, Ukraine just recently, like, everyone's talking about, like, Russia wants to bury um, credible news sources and stuff like that. Just last year, Zelensky... And maybe I'll find an article on this in the future so people know that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. He came out, or he didn't come out. He did this right in front of everyone. No one fucking gave a shit. He said, all right, this political party, this political party, this political party are banned. And I and my government, the my close circle of people around me, we're taking control of the media. And all media now has to run through us. And everyone's just like, oh, you know, he's just being a leader in wartime and he's really got to do that and weed out all these people. But then, you know, when Russia does something such as sue Wikipedia or if there's an article from RT, which is Russia Today, I think, on YouTube or on Facebook or whatever, you always see that, or on Twitter especially, you always see that label. This this is state-funded uh, propaganda Right, this is uh, funded in whole or in part by the Russian government and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, PBS is funded by the fucking U.S. government, like, but we don't see that every fucking time. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So obviously there's there's an agenda there. So my opinion is, I don't like fucking either of them, right? But I'm not gonna pretend that this was a sudden act of war. An aggressive war that Putin just decided, oh, fuck Ukraine one day, we're going to go kill a bunch of people. Like, there's so much evidence and news articles and video and everything dating back to 2014 of the Azov Battalion encroaching on Russian borders, attacking uh, Russian-speaking people, people of Russian nationalities, attacking Jewish people, bombing civilian homes... Like, going around in the streets with fucking tanks, tying children to, or taping children to fucking telephone poles, um, publicly stripping and beating people, all this sort of shit. And for the last year and a half, they've been fucking praised as goddamn heroes. Yeah. And you can barely find a photo of them where there isn't some type of Nazi fucking symbol somewhere on their uniform or on their fucking body as a tattoo. And it constantly gets explained away by the same people who are calling Russia Nazis and saying that they are so against the far right and we have to stop them and this and that. It's well, just is there like, any way that are you mistaking that for 
Who's mistaking what? I guess what I'm trying to say is like, is every Ukrainian a neo-Nazi? No, hell no. I and think that's that, what I mean. Like, yeah. are we saying then that the people that are not the neo-Nazis are the heroes? Or are we directly speaking about... My opinion on it is that the real... The, the only real victims of this conflict are everyday people in Ukraine and everyday people in Russia. They are both suffering. But for the last over a year, there has been this giant push, not only against Russia and their government, but against Russian people. Like, not wanting to give them asylum if they're running away from Russia because why didn't you go fight your government then? Why don't you stay and stop that? And... um speaking so broadly just about Russians or if a Russian says something on social media, jumping on them and saying, you know, how can I, you know, and this, this distrust, right? right? It's like, we're bringing the fucking red scare back. And you know, what, what are the fucking odds that right when this shit pops off? Oh, it's been fucking five years, but now stranger things is finally coming out with a new season. And what's it all about? Russia's fucking evil. Right. And it's based back in the eighties when it wasn't, they were calling the Soviet union, Russia in the fucking show. And what, and in that show, here's one thing that really pisses me off. They bought a concentration camp, a Nazi fucking concentration camp, and displayed it on Stranger Things as a quote-unquote Russian gulag. The and place where they were keeping them hostage? Yeah, I think so. Like, Or one, one of like the, those places that they one of those like places that they found or whatever in the show um i think where people were like being tortured or some shit like that yeah that's it was where, like that's where hopper was yeah they were like it was literally a fucking nazi concentration camp and they rebranded it for the show as a russian gulag and you know what it is now they turned it into a fucking airbnb no shit oh my it's a stranger God. things themed airbnb you are not allowed to ruin stranger things for me michael bolt it's just weird because now, oh great, you know, like the timing of all this is so fucked to me. But yeah, like I said, go back eight, nine years and Azov and the far right have been a fucking problem in Ukraine. And everybody was t like saying it. All these credible news sources, uncredible news sources, whatever, was saying it until it was convenient to not say it and to take their side and to ignore that shit so we could send billions of dollars over to them. And fund this little fucking war project that we have. And remember how, one more thing. Remember how a few years ago there was this whole thing about Russia annexed Ukraine and like calling them imperialists or annexed Crimea, all this shit. You know what I found out within the last few months? What? The way they talk about it sounds like Russia invaded Crimea and said this is ours now, right? Like they were playing a game of risk. There was a fucking vote. It was just a vote within Crimea. Because up to that point, Ukraine kind of had territorial control over Crimea. But, again, there was that fucking problem with the goddamn fascists and shit. Right. And it was the same thing recently with, I think, the Luhansk district and the, um, the Donbass district did the same thing. Within their own borders, they held an election and said, we would rather be under the umbrella of Russia. We'd rather be under their protection. They had a vote themselves. And anytime the the times that that has happened, all three times it's happened, it has been put out as if Russia basically invaded and took those places. 
and it was never a violent thing. The only violence has been, um, in that regard, Ukraine's response of, no, we're going to protect the Donbass. What you mean is you're going to keep them against their will and you're going to fight to right. not let them fucking leave? Right. So that's my opinion. I don't want anyone fucking listening to this and thinking I'm like, I'm, I'm pro-Putin and I'm, I'm, I'm this or that. Like, I'm anti-fucking war, right. okay? And there's nothing good that's coming out of this war, okay? It, it, that's not what's happening. At the same time, how long was... And in a vacuum, how long is a country supposed to let another country's military group that that country is either doing nothing about or directly supporting continue killing civilians directly on their border until they respond. So in that regard, I think it was legitimate to respond to that. It probably didn't have to fucking last this long. And at the end of the day, the only like real people that are suffering now are regular Ukrainian people and regular Russian people. And if you're one of these fucking freaks that gets online and <laughs> says, no, don't surrender, and you give all these or moral arguments, you're fucking, you're, you're just as bloodthirsty as you think the Russians are, right? And you got people calling Russians orcs and shit now. It's turning into just straight up fucking racism. Because here's the thing. You know, you know what would end this conflict quicker what? And it sounds bad to say this to people and like to have this conversation, especially with people over here that have been so propagandized and they bring these moral arguments into it. The best possible thing would be for Ukraine to surrender, not say, OK, you know, take us over or anything like that. But say, look, if we can stop the fighting. All right. You can go back to Russia. Get out of here. We'll stay where we are and we will do something about Azov. Right. And we will stop. We will stop them from fucking around on your borders and from, um, sh you know, firing mortar shells at civilian targets and all this sort of stuff because we have the fucking power to do that. And all we've done up to this point is empower them. Right. That's the only agreement that needs to be met. Y'all do something about that, and y'all get the fuck out of here. But if you say that to somebody, especially some fucking middle class white person over here that has no fucking stake in that shit. Some suburban-ass fucking wine mom or whatever, right? No, like, it's their right to protect their home, and you can't do that, and they need to fight to... And it's like, it's all about fighting to the last Ukrainian, basically, with these billions of dollars of arms that we're sending them. Like, you know what I think it is? What? The reason that a lot of liberals are so for Ukraine, no matter how many Nazis come up, is because they still, even though it's been proven to basically be a bullshit theory... They still blame Russia and Putin for the fact that Hillary Clinton never got to be president. And so what whatever whatever brings about that fucking downfall because of the whole Russia, they hacked the election and they made Trump president. They are fully for it. It's fucking revenge for them. And they are bloodthirsty against Russia and Russians to this day. Maybe, yeah. So that's my fucking rant. Um... If you find yourself coming out fully in support of either fucking warmonger, you're a fucking idiot. So just do some independent research, please, God. Please. Please, God. <laughs> no. God, no, please. Because I'm sick of my fucking tax dollars being sent over there to kill people with. Yeah, that's the, shit, that's the shittiest part about it. Yeah. Other than that, that's all the news, so...
You want to just get into a little bit of chit-chat? Yeah, let's get into a little bit of chitty-chatty. All right. Uh, rest in peace to Tina Turner, by the way. Okay, that's not how... You didn't have to put it that way. You didn't have to say it that quick and just freak everybody out real quick. Oh, sorry. I was just, like, reflecting on how we fucking forgot about that and painting myself as a piece of shit for doing She's so. She's in heaven, and Ike is in the depths of hell. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Unfortunately, due to that relationship with Ike and her, like, status as, like, like big-time fucking singer around the time that, like, she was a big-time singer and, like, the level that she's put at by a lot of people, I can't, like, hear her name. And I should I should have said this, like, a few weeks ago whenever we did our, like, celebrity faces you get mixed up or whatever without thinking about Whitney Houston. Like, yeah, if you say Tina Turner, I think of Whitney because of Bobby, Bobby and, like, right. there's so many similarities there. Yeah. It's like, I immediately just, you say Tina Turner, my face thinks Whitney Houston. Yeah. <laughs> or my, um, my brain thinks of Whitney Houston's whenever face. Whenever I think, whenever somebody says Tina Turner, I always think of the Shaka Khan song. <laughs> Ain't nobody love me better, make me happy. Make me feel this way. You know, that yeah. song. But it's Shaka Khan. Yeah. Um, but I always, anytime somebody's like Tina Turner, I try, you know, I try to think of a song and it's only ever a Shaka Khan song. Yeah. So we were, we were like doubling down on being pieces of shit when it comes to Tina Turner. Yeah. But obviously very influential uh, singer, songwriter. <laughs> Go serious very quick. Yes, yes, yes. But obviously what I mean by yeah. that is... And I'm sure if you asked a Shaka Khan or a Whitney Houston, they would, you know, include her on their list of influences or, you know, at least someone that they really enjoyed. So, uh, rest in peace, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Tina Turner. And uh, speaking of music, I wanted to kind of field this question. Okay. Because I've noticed certain things with myself. I want to see if this kind of happens with you. Alright. So based on your personality and like what what you think people think about you, whether it's the listeners or the show, people that know you, whatever. Um, like remember how you came out and said that you've been watching the Kardashians and it was like Madison? Is there anything and I'll start with a song or songs, up to three songs, but if you just can think of one that's super fine that you think people would be surprised that you enjoy like some shit that you'd be riding around the car it's like a guilty pleasure and all of a sudden you're like you're like getting into it or just like anytime it comes on you enjoy listening to it and if anyone caught you doing that they'd be like what the fuck that ain't you that's (laughs) tough man that's tough let me look at my Spotify real quick cause I listen to so much shit yeah. And in my head, I'm just like, yeah, this is what I do. Like, I just listen to a bunch of shit. Yeah. So, let me... I was, okay, you know, I think people would be surprised that I really love old Rascal Flats. Yeah? I think people would be like, what? And I'm just like, I miss maybe sitting on the porch drinking ice cold cherry. Coke! Where everything is black and white. Now you have to understand, this is uh, the era just before. Like, they came out with um, Life is a Highway. For cars. 
they came out with it and then it got put on cars. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cover we though. We really didn't give a shit about that song. Uh-huh. But like we were we were still into Rascal Flats up to that point. I didn't know that song was so, out before Cars actually. Yeah. It was on their album? Yeah. Oh. oh. That was a cover of like a seventies song, I think. Oh, I, I didn't remember. know that. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that particular artist. So that yeah. would probably be one. Uh, and then just a genre in general a genre a genre in general. Okay. Would probably be like some EDM stuff that I really dig. Okay. Um past that it's weird because I just I really dig everything. Maybe maybe there's a couple like Lana Del Rey songs that I feel like people would be like, ooh, Lana Del Rey, just because it's Lana Del Rey. Yeah. But if it comes to like me specifically, what people would be like, Madison, seriously? Yeah. Uh, every now and then... <sighs> We still listen to Kanye West, yeah. don't you? I knew you were gonna Every fucking say that. Every now and then, but I have cut it back so much. Madison's a Nazi sympathizer. Confirmed. No, I'm not. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not. So, um, I think I think it depends on the level of familiarity. Because, like, for me, I grew up with you. It's not a surprise right. that you'll roll around listening to anything. Um, a Millie or uh, a Millie, a Millie, a Millie. She or said, like well, I Drake. Said, I she said, why are you asking questions? I said, bitch, you trying to be funny? Yes. Like, old, like Lil Wayne from like 2011 oh, yeah. and Lil shit Wayne like is that. Lil Wayne was my shit. I think, like, if someone's level of familiarity with you was uh, that girl on stage for Paid to Pretend and, like, that vibe that, like, you know, I don't want to say hippie, I think but, like, they would that definitely, sort of shit. I think they would definitely be surprised that I used to be as into rap as yeah. I used to be. Because there, I don't know when it ended either. It's kind of like the last time you pick up your kid. Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't realize that's the last time you're going to pick them up. Yeah. It's like, I thought I would be a thug for my entire life. Sorry. Not thug, bro. But now I'm 29, and my favorite rap songs are 10 plus years old. Yeah. And I feel like, like... When Sasha was my age, mm-hmm. she was bumping the stuff I was bumping. Yeah. But I feel like that person that was like 20 years older than us that really loved Ice Ice Baby. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. Where you're just like, you're a fucking lame. You don't know when this song fucking came out, man. And so me, it's like, um, it's like the songs that it was, it was like, uh, it had Drake. Eminem, Lil Wayne, like all five of those. Forever. Yeah. It was four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys, and then just like most old Drake songs. I think two out of three people on that song, I think it was Drake and it was Kanye, had to go back and rewrite their fucking verses on that song after they heard Eminem's. Oh, yeah. Like, we can't let a murder us that bad on this fucking song. Lil Wayne did not have to rewrite his, or he didn't feel like it, because... Oh, He's no, underrated as a lyricist. He really is, because, like, Lil Wayne... And Lil Wayne is probably my favorite, like, rapper-rapper. Yeah. It's not... Like, Drake is also, like, singer, mm-hmm. hip-hop artist. Like, for me, Lil Wayne can kind of go a little bit, like, pretty hard in the paint as far as, like, fucking mm-hmm. rap. Goes. And he, write, he writes his own shit, And too. he can write stories, like Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I, I, so I guess... When I was bumping Mona Lisa, like the Carter Five, is that the one that came out? 
the last one of the la- later ones. It was or, five or six. I can't. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, was probably when I was like twenty six. So like it was like two thousand seventeen or eighteen. I think since then, yeah. I listen. You know, I listen to a lot of like R and B music, old music. Uh, you know, some things that came from TikTok. A lot of like random shit that you that you know you kind of just stumble upon when you're listening to ninety two zoo or something like and none of it anymore is rap like mm. I'm not even I don't even like entertain like the the trending rap that comes on you know your TikTok for you page. Like, most of that shit fucking sucks anyway. It's weird it's the trending like, stuff on TikTok, yeah. It's it's and then but also the only part of it that's trending is the only good part of the whole song. <laughs> and you go listen to it and you're like waiting for that part because you yeah. were hoping that there would be some, you know, similarities throughout the song, but it's just this one part. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I used to be really, really big. Like all I ever listened to was rap. Um, I remember when I quit my job at Little Caesars, I just bumped No Worries by Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Like, just drove around. Look me in my face. I ain't got no That's worries. That's the one I was just quoting. I ain't got no ago. worries. I ain't she got was listening no to that worries. shit all the time in 2013. Uh, when I first, that was her jam. Um, When I first heard Legend mm-hmm. by Drake, that okay. gave me the same feelings as, as like, but my favorite song by Drake is actually Marvin's Room. Come on, no. That's my favorite one. What's That's wrong funny. with it? It's just a meme at this like Is it? Yeah, like someone will be like, uh Yo man, I just I just caught the guy from Make Line in the fucking uh freezer crying to Marvin's room or some shit really? like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't seen those. Or like if like Marvin's Room is a good ass fucking song. Or if someone's football team does bad, or like a a player from their favorite sports team leaves and goes somewhere else, and they're just like really sad about it, you know? It's just like I just think you could, and they're just like something like. Or it's like a Stephen A. Smith, uh, who's like a sports broadcaster. They'll like zoom in on him slowly with a black and white screen, and it's like cups in the rose. Bitches in my old phone. Is that the same song? I should call yeah, that's what and I thought. go home. I've been in this club too long. And it's like the that. That, I yeah, try. that song is basically like used for a lot of memes now. I don't care. So it was funny it's that, that it's, it's a, your favorite. It's such a good song. Yeah. It's been my favorite since the first time I heard it. I was never really And there was Drake. like this ambiance. It's like this vibe that I can like completely go back into mm-hmm. when I hear different Drake albums. Yeah. Because the one Controla or whatever it is, the one with Controla and all that, like um that one actually like puts off heavy Wesley vibes. And like not heavy Wesley. <laughs> Wesley when he was heavy. <laughs> That's no. a name drop so many fucking people. Well, all I'm saying is <laughs> I'm gonna cast so many like, lawsuits it's like there was a lot of like pain and heart break around that loneliness around that time and Mm. he loved that album and of course I did too and and so it was kind of one of those things that connected us but in a weird we're not together type of way it was really strange and so I I listened to that still loving it but remembering that and then things like Marvin's Room and I mean anything surrounding Marvin's Room 
like the beginning of Drake all the way up to right before the album with Controller. Okay. Like I I'll just like holy shit. Like I I do really like Drake and people people could probably make have been making fun of people for liking Drake for the longest time, but there's something about it and I don't know. I think it's the same as when people like Taylor Swift in my opinion. Like you can talk shit about me all day long because I understand that he might not be like the best rapper of all time, but that he knows how to he knows how to sell it. Yeah, I mean, he's like a curator, you know. He's like like the DJ Khaled of of rapper singers, kind yeah. of where it's like at this point in his career he doesn't write a lot of the stuff, but they like his producers and and other people who come to him, and you know his production company have decided that's the voice that we want on this song, you know what I mean? And he and he's been very successful with it. Um I was never really that into him. I also personally or professionally. Ray Shrimmert when they first came. Yeah, out. you were all about I no flex do, I thought that was You loved a, you loved like the kid rap for for a little bit. I think it might have been like when like what our What the fuck our, are you talking about? When it was like these people look like they're thirteen year olds shooting a music video and they're definitely like amateurs at rapping, but it's a fun song and you were hanging out with our nephew a lot back then. And oh, he yeah, was into yeah, it. I mean, so it was like the whip and the nene. It was uh, no flex zone, all that sort of. You were like, you you were into that sort of stuff. Cardi B will always have my heart. I, yeah, I like Cardi B. Cardi B's great. I can One get. That I, I can think do some people treadmill. might look at me and be like, really? Yeah. It's probably Billie Eilish, which is weird. I yeah, I, I wouldn't think weird about that. You want to know something weird? What the people at work? Yeah. They think that I give off vibes like I used to be an emo or a punk kid. Yeah, makes sense. I don't understand that. You don't understand that? No, because I've always been a hippie girl. Yeah? Like, I've never strayed away from that hippie-esque-ness. You can be kind of angsty, though. Just a little bit. They're talking and about... And on edge. No, they're talking about, like, wearing black and having lip piercings and shit That's like fucking that. funny. And that's like... I'm like, I've never been that. <laughs> like you give those vibes off like that's what you used to be like you used to be like you know bumping my chemical that's one helena by my chemical romance mm-hmm. that's a good one i will fuck that song up i like i've realized thanks to <clears throat> sir, I, I cannot remember this guy's name on youtube i want to give credit to him though um he took he's taken several emo songs from that big explosive era like 07 to 11 basically mm-hmm. um and put them on a halftime beat like halftime drums and i found out i liked them a lot more because back then it was you know fall boy and my chemical romance a lot of their songs especially fall Out boy and like panic of the disco panic and stuff the like disco, that yeah. it was just very fast and very wordy yeah on top of having such like unique like well, voices, very, and it's like that's very Canadian. It's, it was too much yeah. for me, right? And it's like, wait, how are you gonna have a weird voice and sing fast and have all these words? But when they like when they slow it down, I realized, oh, like I like it this way. Well, here's like, the it's thing. not a bad song. You it's know just what? Too I like fast. so much more now than I ever did before. What? Because they've changed their sound. Fall Out Boy. No. Who? Paramore. You you didn't like them back in the day? It's not that I didn't I like their the old sound it, better. It, no, no, no. I love their new sound better. Okay. 
their old sound is fine and it's cool and it was right for the time mm-hmm. and and I never had an issue with Paramore in my whole life. Yeah. They were never somebody that I really went after except for the one song You Are the Only Exception. Yeah, which was that was like was sort the of the branch be- off that was of, the beginning of the departure sort yeah, of. Yeah, and them. and then they they do this it's uh, you know I was about to sing an old song it's not a walk in the park to love each other. Yeah. I can't sing her shit. Haley Williams is so fucking talented. But yeah. but like the new shit, it's... I don't know. I love the fucking vibe of it. And I love that they didn't get stuck. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think any of them got stuck. Fall Out Boy's pretty quiet now. But they went into a moment where they were doing stuff with... Uh, fuck, I forgot his name now. You talking about after Lil Peep died? They were on a Lil Peep song. No, no, no. Um, when they did the big song with the mixed guy, or the light-skinned guy. I don't know. <sighs> yes, you do. Patrick Stump was on a Macklemore song, but Macklemore is not Patrick there. Stump and this guy had a song together. Oh, my God, Michael. You do know it. I promise you know okay. it. Okay. Hold on. Um, the mixed guy like that means anything to me it should Fall Out Boy Fall Out Boy's actually done a lot of big stuff they've gotten on like WWE video game soundtracks and stuff like that with the type of stuff they put out like uh, Champion I like that song a lot um, I still haven't named the songs I think people would be surprised by for me, which is Dude, I, I know somebody's on the other side of this phone just screaming because I cannot think of what it's called. And it must just be Patrick Stomp, which is such a terrible last name, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when... Okay, so pa- they came out first because then Panic at the Disco came out, like, big. And I was like, why do they have the same fucking name? The same name? Okay, and you why... Mean do- the same sound? Yeah, the same sound, my bad. The yeah. same voice. Tell me why Patrick Stump did a bunch of, like, songs for, like, Spidey. What do you mean, Spidey? This this show, Marvel show called Spidey and Amazing Friends or something. That's weird. I don't know. He got, he got paid. <laughs> Is that the right Patrick Stump? What's going on? Oh, my gosh. I can't find this song. And I don't know how I'm going to find it. Okay, so maybe it was Patrick Stump with this band then. Okay. And the lead singer of the band was like hip-hop singer. And he was like tall and thin and he had like kind of like an afro and light skin. (laughs) Mike Shinoda? No, I I think he uh, he was in that song... Uh, we can get high like the president repping on your relative I don't remember the fucking lyrics the I wanna be a millionaire so fucking bad okay. he's in that song so let me put that let me bring that song up we're gonna be sitting here for a thousand years hold on well Bruno Mars was that was the I know it's I know it's Bruno Mars but I'm gonna put millionaire I want to be a millionaire. Billionaire. It's actually billionaire. Mm-hmm. Travis McCoy. Do you remember? Travi McCoy? Travi McCoy. Yeah. I couldn't name a single song, but I just remember his name being popular. 
Travi McCoy. Uh, oh, the guy from Gym Class Heroes, right? Yeah, Gym Class Heroes. Thank you, God. Oh, you're talking about um, Take a Look at My Girlfriend? Yes, Take a Look at My Girlfriend. She's the only one I got. They sampled a Super Tramp song. Cupid's Chokehold. Cupid's Chokehold, yeah. Thank God. Now Mama know it seems so old, but Cupid got me in a chokehold. I yeah. dug that shit yeah. pretty good. She even cooks me pancakes. And, and loves the music that my band yeah. makes. I know it's I, we're young, but if I had to choose her or the son, I'd be one non... I don't know. Son of a gun. I don't know what the fucking words were. That's funny. But yeah, that was Patrick's song. And apparently that song was about Katy Perry or something like that. Like, really? apparently that dude, like, dated... Ugh. Someone like I can't. I might have been Katy Perry. It might have been. Probably was someone else. Or yeah, if it wasn't Katy Perry, sorry, Katy. <laughs> I'm not trying to slander anybody. Not that dating that guy is automatic slander, but anyway. No, I think they dated. Yeah. I want to say they dated. So anyway, for me, yeah, I would say I have three songs, and they all kind of have like a pretty similar vibe, except the second one. But like, um, what's the word? Orally sound sound sonically sonically they all have a similar vibe i say shut up and dance by walk the moon shut up and no that's drive that's shut drive. up and dance with me my ass likes that fucking song that's a good song i vibe to it uh gold by kiara go to be my go to oh, be my that's team. such a good fucking song but would you think my little brother michael's listening to that I shit i would think my little brother michael doesn't know that song i like it and my my did, wife does like not it. She's wrong. And she doesn't like Shut Alex, Up and, Yeah. You're wrong. She doesn't like Shut Up and Dance either. And she's like the one that's more into Shut pop. Shut Up and... It gives you killer vibes. She's the one... She's more into pop. And the funny thing is, like, she always kind of, like, comedically misrepresents my oh, position on pop to where she's like, you know, you just don't you, don't... you know, the whole... You don't like stuff because it's popular. It can be popular and good, like... And people aren't basic just because they listen to popular music. And then I'll be like... I'll I'll think that oh she'll like this song and we'll she'll be like oh my gosh you like this song I'll play it and then she'll set it like this I'm like what she's like I actually don't like this I'm like are you fucking kidding me so shut up and dance gold and then roses by roses and chain smokers oh see you know what I like say you never let me go yeah in my bones I can feel you take you back to chain smokers had a lot of good songs chain smokers had a lot of good songs. That's probably my favorite, though. Um, I'll bump Hey Ho, hey Ho or whatever. Hey Ho by the Lumineers. Let's go. No. Oh, hey. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that one. Um, I don't think anyone's surprised by you liking uh, Lumineers. No, but you just said Rose. Okay, somebody that I used to love, and uh-huh. I still love. Okay. Andre 3000. Oh, I know you like to thank you. Shit don't stink, but lean a little closer, see. Roses really smell like poo-poo. Yeah. Roses really smell like poo-poo. Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta rappers right there. Like, definite pioneers in the southern sound, for sure. And even just in, like, rap in general. Like, I think um, Kendrick Lamar's style is... is uh, traced back to Andre 3000 yeah, a lot. Kendrick Lamar is great. They both well. have a way of like warping words and sentences to like make them rhyme like saying it. Yeah funny, but so it you rhymes. know who does that better than anybody? Hmm. Ludacris. He will just make up a fucking word. 
He'll just like he'll he just, just like say er instead of the act like yeah, the end of the word. He'll, he'll just change the fucking. Yeah, he'll just change the word and only say like the first couple of letters in yeah. it to make it rhyme with the next sentence. And I have always just been so in love with Ludacris. I like a little bit of Ludacris. He's funny as fuck. Yeah. So the, that that's mine. That sort of vibe. I don't think anyone would like think that of me. I know my wife was surprised when she found that sort of shit out that I was uh, jamming to that. I like I like Shut Up and Dance because like songs like that, especially songs like that, I don't know, there's like this even though it's a pop song, for some reason there's like this mystique to it. And I yeah. can like I can picture the story in my head of like, oh, it's this chance meeting with some girl at a club, right? But it's for almost, some it reason it feels English and I don't know why. Oh, but it, I don't even think English. I just think like it does, the sound yeah. isn't necessarily English, but like it's the same thing with, like, the killers, where it's, like... The way they pronounce the words? Well, no, it's the story... For whatever reason, I always just had it pinned as, like... American boys don't write songs like this. Okay. And it's always that kind of song. Mm-hmm. And you usually hear those kind of songs in movies that are mainly English actors in them. So you hear, like, killer songs in English movies a lot. And I don't know if the killers are from England or not, but I know that they were on the top build, like top one hundred. I feel like I remember might still be thinking that they were, and, and they are not. They Let me ask yeah, I don't think they are, and I just found that out. Where are the killers from? Las Vegas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that so weird? Because I would think they're definitely English. Mm-hmm. So there's like this vibe there. Because if you thought they were English, then you understand what I mean when I hear that other song. Shut up and then now don't you dare look back. Just keep your eyes on me. I see you holding back. Yeah, I dig the fuck out of that song. And there's like a, I don't know, it's, you're like, it's just, it's a good story. You can see it going in your head. It's very like, let the night take us. And there's like fireworks and there's, or sparklers and there's, Romance and but it doesn't have to be this like heavy love song. No, it's like it's like it's like a story to where and like you said, you can picture it. And my my weird ass is sitting there just like literally being enveloped yeah, by no, a pop song. It's funny um, when you when if you know me that uh, I would be, even be listening to it. But um, this like I said, the mystique, the sort of the story of oh, I'm in like this club late at night, like there's no way I'd meet my true love here or something, right? But for some reason, he's being, like... Yeah. He has this feeling of being, like, pulled towards this woman and magnetized to her and something in his head, right, that might not be logical or whatever, is saying, dude, she could... This could actually be it. This could be the one. Maybe you should dive into this, right? And it's just that whole... That sort of vibe, you know? And I got a lot of that vibe working downtown, well, I started working downtown when I was 18, and I was there until I was 20. So a lot of that type of stuff was being played on the jukebox. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that type of stuff happening around me in the bar scene, in the late night scene. So um, that type of music really, like, stuck in my head. I think that sonically, like, 2017 was, a like, a good year for music. It was all very, like, sounded like it came from space, sort of. Yeah. The sonic it was very sound, starry. The sonic sound. Yeah. Uh, like when um, when I first heard Highly Suspect for was sure. around that time yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly and I was obsessed um, 
Only girl that could talk to him just couldn't swim. Tell me it was worse than this. You know who else will give me the story in my head? Cody and Cambria. Fun. Okay. Cool. Give me a second eye. I need to get my Oh yeah, when I was fucking straight. what thirteen, fourteen, I was I was into that. Well, song. and and Dad had the album. Yeah, and they started out. It was just like it was like I think Bing had just become a like a browser or like yeah. they had just gotten big, and they used that I think as one of their advertisement songs. And you had like cars going off ramps and flipping and like all sorts of stunts and stuff, and people looking things up, and it was that. And then after and that, then tonight came out. I yeah. think is might have been actually the first one that came out. That was tonight. The, that's the same song. Oh, is we, it? We are young. Oh shit! And so then there's carry on. Mm-hmm. Carry on. That's like your favorite fun song. Carry on, carry on. That one's really good. And then there's that one that's like called like. I could never remember it. I know the. I know how it starts, and it's it's almost has like an industrial sound to it, which I hate. Yeah. But it's the one about how he bought like a doll for her that reminded him of his mom, and she didn't give a shit about it. And I can't remember the name of it. Oh, now. I never listened to that. I don't know that. It's it's like. I thought you were gonna talk about this. Is it boys? This is war. I I can't remember. I gotta look up the name of it real quick, but. Yeah, that whole album, that that fun album. Yeah. I mean, quite a few of the songs on it are really so good. And not not just the the famous ones. Some nights, some nights of that's oh, I know it, it, no, the it's not about the doll, but that's okay. another big one. That's the yeah, that's one I was doing. And then there's why am I the one? Why am I the one? Always packing up my stuff. I don't know that much about it, but what I do know, I think I, I remember like liking, mostly. Um, he's Nate Ruess from them. He's also been on a song with Pink. Um, he's featured on a song uh, with Eminem. Uh, so he made some good money for himself. Don't play too much of that. I'm not, but I just wanted you to hear the first little part. That sounds like a video game based in a castle made in the '80s. You never heard that one? No. With a wind-up souvenir. That sounds like a 21 Pilots song. I brought it downtown as I was on my way to meet you. Yeah, that that album is really pretty good, too. Which, little fun fact that's just in my head um, that I found out a couple years ago, I think. At the beginning of Some Nights, he actually um, lyrically samples the Nina song from the 80s, 99 Red Balloons. Because there's a part in that song, she goes, This is what we waited for. This is it, boys. This is war. And he does a very similar line at the beginning of that song. So that was pretty cool when I found that out. That was out. cool. Um, next up in this topic, it's still like music, but a particular music artist. So like, there's multiple songs by them. When they come on the radio, you're like, hell yeah. That if someone was like, that's who you're fucking jamming out to um they'd be they'd be like surprised by it i think we've already discussed this you said you said drake i thought there was only one no, question i said here. we're starting with songs so you know listen <laughs> get the fuck out of my house <laughs> okay um, i'm sorry oh, bye uh bye buddy <laughs> Oh man, just one artist in general that people be like, oh, that's who you're listening to. Yeah, if you have a couple, I just put one. 
I think I've already discussed. Okay, well then mine would be Ariana Grande, actually. She's good. Yeah. Like me, I'm riding around. Switching in positions for you, like dancing in my car to that shit. And just in my head, just laughing to myself, like, Michael, you were doing this? I'm like, yes, I fucking am. This shit is good. Yeah, I don't... Can you stay up all night? Fuck me till the daylight. <laughs> okay. I can't remember. I was not supposed to look my sister in the eyes while singing yeah, those lyrics. Yeah, it, it um, burned something into my retinas I never want to have. But, yeah, dude, I'd be, I'd be fucking jamming to some Ariana Grande. Oh, yeah. And then after that, and except for the Kardashians, you cannot say this, uh, a TV show or a type of show that you actually like can sit down, be interested in, binge, that you don't think anyone would have any idea about it. All right, what is it for you? Kimmy Schmidt. I could guess that about you. No, I couldn't. The thing is, is that that show and Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita Diet yeah. are so like... And Santa Clarita Diet is actually a little more dry humor, and I really love that. But but Kimmy Schmidt is so like... Sunshines and Rainbows kind of funny. Yeah. And I usually hate that, but for some reason it became like a comfort show for me. Isn't like ironic... Sunshines and rainbows, it like is, you know it, that she's goofy and awkward. Like that's the whole point of the yeah, show. Yeah, but there's a lot of like dumb humor. Okay. Like I'm dumb from a few from almost everybody in the fucking show. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all a little dumb and are in our own ways. Yeah, silly. Yeah, and I don't usually love that. Like unless it's something like The Office, where. There are characters within the show that are not dumb. Is that the same girl? Yeah. The she girl was the receptionist? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, there are characters within the show that are not dumb that kind of give you that relief. Mm-hmm. So everybody in this fucking show is stupid at, for, to some degree. It's like whether they're naive or they're uh, self-centered to a naive point. like Or... Um, too consumed in what's popular or whatever, and I don't know what it is about it, but I think that's one of them. Okay. And then I I actually do pretty I did Community pretty good, and I didn't think I'd ever say that because I didn't think it'd be a show that I would like, but it actually isn't too bad. Nice. But those are the two that right now I can think of. For me, I I only have like a type of show I think. Um, because of like any particular TV show I come up, people are like yeah I see that or I've talked about it right. It's it would be some, it'll be you know oh but you guys would never guess that I would watch One Piece like no Michael we we would fucking guess that. Uh, for me I would say like cooking cooking battles, mm. um, which is weird especially for me get, because I don't care about cooking battles. It's, a lot of it is like watching you know meat get chopped and and seasoned up and a bunch of shit they're talking about that I don't know what the fuck they just said like. There's all sorts of cheeses that make me feel like a fucking cheese dumbass. Like, oh, I'm going to... And they'll just casually say, I'm, I'm going to do a fucking plie cheese <laughs> on, on my fucking scampi. And I'm like, you're going to... What now? Like, you can't just say that so cash, right? Where is it from? What's it taste like? And they, they just do it. So, uh, yeah, cooking battles. I like Most that Most of the time when you don't know, somebody's always like, 
that sharp nuttiness from the so, the plie. I'm like, when the fuck is cheese nut? Like, how are you guys picking this up? There's a nuttiness in like Parmesan. Like, I didn't even think like whenever um we we took this trip to uh, Tennessee. We talked about it in December, and we toured this chocolate factory and we tasted you know the chocolate, and they had like a a, a color wheel with a bunch of different flavors. And that was the first time I ever recognized that chocolate, not this is X flavored chocolate, it's just chocolate, milk, you know, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, whatever. If you really think about it while you're tasting it, we were noticing, oh, this does have a fruitiness to it. This does have a dark chocolate, especially, and that's why I don't fucking like it. And like, I never thought of it like that. I just thought of it as like dark chocolate flavor. So apparently that's the thing with cheese as well. Um, But I'm actually like into the cooking battles, especially. And now this is where it goes into, well, yeah, of course, Michael would like that, is, like, the creative ones where it's, like, the easy bake battle where they got the uh, the, the Polish dude from um, Queer Eye to be the host um, is pretty cool. Or Best Leftovers Ever is really cool because they'll be like, oh, we ha- I have some pad thai in the fridge, right? Turn this into Italian yeah, I or might, something I like might that. Think, I might dig that. And it's – I just don't go out – seeking them like mm-hmm. my favorite cooking battle shows are probably chopped and then we talked about this the other day the great british baking show yeah because it's not there's no drama involved they're all they've all got a sense of camaraderie they look like they're at summer camp yeah they and it's like baking there's camp outside under a tent yeah and they're all friends pastries. and they're all happy with one another and they're you know, some guy and, that dresses funny all the time. Yeah, and is goofy all How the time. How many scarfs does that dude have? I don't know, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like... And now they, they have like a pottery show that's the same kind of vibe. Mm-hmm, I noticed that. And uh, I don't know. I, I really dig that. I did I did watch The Worst Cooks in America a couple times. And then like... That shit is funny, dude. Uh... Hotel Hell and Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, I w- I got into those even though for the longest time I would not watch anything with Gordon Ramsay. With Gordon Ramsay, and never even wanted to try because I thought he was such an asshole. Like the Simon Cowell of celebrity chefs, basically. Yeah. yeah. Little... But then you watch it, and it's like, oh, the reason he's yelling at this person is because there's a fucking dead rat on the goddamn spice shelf, or he's so passionate about food, and they should know better, and they just served him something raw. Or well, if you watch they, Hotel yeah. Hell, he'll come down on somebody pretty hard, but then other times he tries to be... He seems to have quite a heart. Yeah. And, the, I mean, that's what... Now I love the shit out of Gordon Ramsay, but... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, yeah, by the way, there's this new show I want to watch that I think he's going to be the host of. He's been hosting everything recently. Um, I haven't watched Level Up yet, or Next Level Chef, but he's going to be the host of a regional cooking battle to where it's like all right we got cooks from the southeast we got cooks from the from the western united states we got cooks from the north they're all going to come with their signature styles and flavors and they're going to have this cook off and we're going to see what region of the country wins so i want to watch that and root for my region yeah we got the best flavors the most spices why wouldn't we well i mean maybe not the most spices because then you get over into like tex-mex and like california type stuff but that's really um, I would say we have it figured out the best, mm. and then I would say also though that you can't really denounce like Boston, New England, 
like the that whole area. Cause yeah. They got some pretty fucking like cool stuff. They do up there as well. California does too. Like, I would say don't bring anybody from the Midwest. What do they even fucking eat? Beans. Tater tot casserole. Yeah. That's it. I prefer hash brown casserole myself. My wife is like, Michael, it's fucking potato casserole. I'm like, all right, what's the bag say? all the fucking I'm like, baby, baby, what does the bag say that we're emptying into this dish? Hash brown potatoes? Because we're we're making it with hash browns. It's hash brown casserole. They call it hash brown casserole Cracker Barrel. It's yummy. And my wife makes some good fucking hash brown casserole. Hash brown casserole and tater tot casserole. They just eat potatoes in the middle. Are the same fucking thing. Okay. One's probably just chunkier, though. One's more deconstructed than the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hash browns and tater tots are the same fucking thing in different fucking shapes. <laughs> it's a fried bit of potato yeah. and a lot of it. But I think when it comes to, like, the way food is seasoned, I think the South, particularly the Southeast, has that corner. Yeah, well, I mean, we know, how to, we know how to do our meats. We yeah. know how to do our sides. I think you go, like, Texas and, like, California. It's like, yeah, but how much of that did y'all really just, like, either take from Mexico or it's, like, the, the food trucks there are, you know, Mexican people, also, like, right? I feel like the whole, like, Which is fine. They're still American, the but, you know. The East Coast, is mm-hmm. that what we're on? Yes, we're on the East Coast, the Southeast Coast. But, yeah, but the entire East Coast, I think, if you think about, like, food and food prep, I think you you get a lot more of, like, I put my fucking love into this. Put my foot in it, yeah. Yeah. Like... I don't really think of seasoning when I think of up north, though. Well, you gotta think about all the Italians and shit up in New York. I think of, like, a bunch of, like, cheese, peppers, stuff like that, but I don't think of, like... Oh, I threw you this seasoning and this seasoning and this seasoning in there. They're talking about herbs, man. No, like, yeah. Oh, like parsley and the shit? The fucking South always wants to put in a bunch of fucking Tony Saturies and shit like that. <laughs> and it's just, like, pissing me off, slappy mama and shit like that. This I'm is like, crazy, dude. For some reason, like, I have... Every, I know that you don't like spicy food. Like, it's... I never, like, to this point, don't think that you do... But in my head, it's still a surprise to me whenever I think about it. I'm like, Madison, the fucking chefity that chef. One? No, the chefity chef. Yeah. The one with the fucking cooking degree that, like, knows all these different flavors. I think and spicy food is bullshit. Up, doesn't think, like spicy food. I think, I think all the flavors that you might get, there are, only a, there are only a couple that have to come with spice involved. Okay. People are obsessed with the heat of something, and that is not flavor. That is pain. I feel you. And so I, I can't like a little stand, bit of pain with like their if pleasure. You gave me a sweet chili sauce, and it was just sweet with the flavor of like a pepper, but no heat. I'm down. The flavor of jalapeno is awesome to me. Mm-hmm. The heat from from anything above. Taco Bell mild sauce and <laughs> and black pepper, white pepper, like I can't. I just I find no enjoyment on top of the fact that I have that fucked up tongue. Yeah, like one of the Try Guys also has the same kind of tongue. It's like you have these like crevices or these like creases in your tongue or like almost like Grand, Grand Canyon style like cracks. Yeah. So anything super acidic. Super salty, super sour, or hot, spicy, 
hurts ten times worse than it does for the normal person. Hmm. So that's why I can't fucking eat the shit. Because yeah. it, it sucks. Like, if I eat ketchup and fries after just a few, fuck my mouth up. Really? Yeah, and I know it's it's not because it's spicy. It's because the salt, the erosion of the salt and the uh, the acidity of the ketchup fucks my shit up. I like certain spices. I don't like spicy everything. Like, let's say I go to Whataburger and I get, like, a taquito from there. I'm not going to get your fucking picante sauce and dip it in there, right? The picante sauce is actually I don't, like, good. I don't, I don't feel like doing that for I breakfast. Dig, I dig picante, like, like, on, like, the burritos, breakfast burritos. I'm more likely to dip it in honey mustard, in their honey mustard, and eat it that I'm way. I'm sure that's good, too. Um, But my thing with spice is I, I'm not one of the types at all that's just, like, they're obsessed with spicy because it's like a challenge and it's everyone look at me I'm gonna put this fucking 10,000 Scoville ghost pepper in my mouth and see what happens right or they just like you said eat spiciness because it's because it's spicy and it hurts and like I said it's like a double dog day right but I do think I've had spicy foods where it's not too much where it's just kicking my ass and it sort of enhances the flavor and like reminds you of what you're eating almost to where it's like if I eat something it doesn't have like any heat to it sometimes especially if it's a big portion after a while it's like okay I got through that pretty fast and I got bored of it after a while but sometimes it has like that little bit of kick that like enhances the flavor makes it more complex that can be really fun you know I, I think sometimes spice um they're like com complex ways um, to spice food or ways you can spice your food that just um, complexifies the flavor without exploding your fucking palate I think my threshold is just so small that I don't tend to go after anything because it ends up just ruining the meal for me mm. like if I'm whooping up some like stir fry at home or something like that um, I'll like you said I'll have the sweet chili sauce and obviously soy sauce and stuff like that but then I'll still add like a little bit of this honey habanero stuff that we have just to add that little bit of kick. But like you said, like that little bit of sweetness too to, to back it up. Right. And it, it's perfect. So Sweet and savory is probably my favorite. But you're not going to catch... Yeah, you're not going to catch me in a fucking Thai restaurant ordering the fucking four stars. You know what I mean? Fuck, fuck that, yeah. right? Um, that'll fucking kill me. All right, you got any questions? Uh, more questions tonight? No, that was it. That was my last one. By the way, uh, Worst Cooks in America, great fucking show, by the way. Especially if, you got, if you're looking for a laugh, watch that fucking show. I thought it was a new show because I was seeing commercials for it and I was seeing this girl oh, go, shit. so I was cutting the avocado for the first time and it shows her, it's got, it's a full avocado and she's cutting it like from end to end. And he goes, and then I get to the middle, and there's this, like, big brown thing that my knife gets stuck in. And I don't even, do you eat that? I don't even know what to do with that. I'm like, dude, these people gotta be fucking trolling. There's no fucking way. And then we go and find it, and it's from, like, 2010 or some shit. I'm like, oh, okay. So we just finished the first season, um, and we just started the second season. And it's a fun show to watch. Hell yeah. Yep. But yeah, I like I like cooking battles, believe it or not. Even though I don't even, most of the shit that they're putting on a plate, I I would not eat it because it has meat in it, but I can still look at it sometimes. I can't always watch them like quarter a fucking whole chicken or anything like that or I'll fucking throw up, but I can still look at it 
um, and, and or hear them say, oh, I'm going to do this, um, this type of barbecue chicken, or I'm going to season this pork this way, right? Um, and be like, ooh, that, that, that sounds good. That sounds flavorful. I think, I think someone's going to like that. So anyway, you got anything else? I do not. All right. Well, that was, uh, the last episode of the season. Yes. Uh, so after you listen to this, we're going to go on a hiatus. Um, now if you still miss our lovely, uh, voices, our lovely selves, and, uh, you want to see us somewhere else while you don't have the podcast, Madison, you want to tell them where they can catch you? No. No? They can catch me on TikTok? Is that what you mean? TikTok, or they can listen to your band. They can, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. TikTok, it's Madison Bolt, or um, at Children of the Creamed Corn. Of course it is, yes. Um, follow me there. And you can listen to my band, Paid to Pretend. Mm-hmm. Um, paid, P-A-I-D, to T-O, pretend. You should know how to spell that one. I should have known how to spell all of them, but anyway. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, we play on Pandora. You can Shazam our song, like everything. So, um, check us out. Uh, recommendation. The most popular song is Closing In. My favorite song is going to be Girl Like Me, but do not treat come and go as the underdog just because it starts slow i love that song until the end i love that song um for me like i said before i'm getting into more like uh well i always have been but i'm getting more serious about like making more gaming content i do gaming challenges to where it's like oh i'm playing team deathmatch on call of duty but it's me versus six bots right or and or, or they're on a higher difficulty or it's me and alexander doing something so i'm on youtube um at maniacal so it's basically the word maniacal but spelled like my name so m-a-n-i-a-c-h-a-e-l um on tiktok you can catch me at that same name maniacal y-t um and i'm on twitch again under the same name so during this hiatus, you can go, you can catch my content. I think by the time this episode comes out, I will have uploaded a challenge that you might like. Um, I am on Minecraft, and I have to build a nether portal. So all the things that come with that, and it's a new world. So it's, it's uh, you know, finding s- stone, so then I can find iron, so then I can find diamond, yeah. make a diamond pickaxe, mine, find obsidian, or make it, mine it, make the portal. I have to do all that. You also have to have an eye of Ender, don't you? No, that's if you want to go to the end. Oh, that's right. So, and I'll do that in the future, because I've never done it before. So it's about making another portal and going through it. You actually have to have like nine of them. And the challenge is, if I use any curse word, so that's your asses, your dams, your fucks, your anything, I have to empty my inventory. What I'm carrying and what's in my chest. So let's say I just finally found diamonds or something like that, and I mine them, and I go, hell yeah, or a creeper comes right as I'm doing it, I go, fuck, everything's gone. Gotta dump it. That sucks. So I just that's started gonna playing be my Minecraft challenge. again as well, but anyway. Nice. Um, also check us out on our socials for the Family Size Pod. Yeah, so Instagram, um, at Family Size Pod, TikTok, at Family Size Pod. And Facebook is the Family Size Podcast. We need more yeah. follows and likes on that. Yep. Um, because I think the leading person there is just Rachel 
Rachel likes everything on all of our socials. And we like Rachel. And we love Rachel. Yes. Thank you, Rachel. Um, and, yeah, we need to be a little more active on the Instagram and on the TikTok, I believe. And we can put we can post small-form content while we're away of some of our funny moments from different episodes. For sure. And just look for more variety coming from us in the future, more challenges, more... Uh, maybe more video content and, and stuff like that. Yeah, you never know. We you know. might drop the month in review and start a whole new monthly thing. Or yeah. co- go back into movie reviews. And uh, there's talk every now and then about starting a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody wants to, to subscribe to that, um, let us know. Yeah. We're and, really looking forward to it. Yeah. And and video content. Yeah, we like need I to said. get into that. So in the meantime, if you do all that stuff, and also go catch up on our old episodes, if you That's if you just right. miss listening to the Family Size podcast, hey, we, I only yeah. have four listens on last week's episode, guys, which is insane. Now y'all better be catching up on all the other episodes to get to Mel's hole, or <laughs> I'm gonna be mad because that is a good episode. It's such a good episode. All right. Well, we'll see you next season with more good episodes. Season three. Season three, baby. All right. We love you guys. Love you. All right. Bye. Bye.